Yah Eloheinu, Elohe Avoteinu, Elohe Avraham, Yitzchak, with Yisrael. O great and mighty revered, even king of our very existence, we come before thee on this beautiful set-apart Shabbat day with joy and thanksgiving in our hearts, expressing gratitude in this moment, Yah, for even allowing us to breathe, continue breathing the breath of life through the night season in the midst of our divine rest that you have yet spared us alive to re-enter the land of the living as we consciously serve thee, O great king, and magnify that excellent name. We even thank you for the ability for us to be created in your likeness and your image, that our strivings are after perfection, that are the essence of you, O great king. So for allowing us to make it through our week, that we have many different things that come before us in the form of tests, O great king, a test of our humility, a test of our spirit, a test of our allegiance to thee, O great king, as we make proclamations that we are your children. So our actions, thoughts, words, and deeds must be befitting of that title and even that description. So we thank you for all the tools, even the assets that you allow us to shine, to be that light unto the nations as you even employed us in times past to be. We even thank you, O great king, for the elders that have come before us, that we may be able to use them as examples of righteousness, O great king. <clears throat> Asking that you allow us to be that righteous light unto our Yaladim, the next generation, that they may be able to continue bringing forth our service as the nation of Israel unto thee, even until that time that you bring us back into that land that you promised our ancient foreparents, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So now we're for all things, both great and small, both great and small. Blessed art thou, O Yah, our power, and blessed be the works of thy hands. And the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, Yah finished his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day and hallowed it, because that in it he rested from all his work, which Yah a creating had made. O thou who art most holy, look upon thy people in mercy. Hear thy us, O power of Abraham. Nurture us, O power of Yitzchak. Save us, we implore thee, O power of Yisrael. Blot us not out, O Yah, though our sins be many. Cast our evil doings into the bottomless pit to remain forevermore. Our hope is in thee, O Yah, and without thy mercy we have naught. Father of wisdom, thou dispenser of knowledge, cause our hearts to discern and our minds to retain thy law. Bless Yisrael to know thee as we did in the days of yore. Let the sign of the Shabbat shine brightly from this thy house and from us thy people, Yisrael. Let our voices mingle with the hosts of heaven as we joyfully proclaim, Blessed be the name of our power and blessed be his holy day. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Shema Yisrael. Yah Eloheinu. Yah Echad. Baruch Shem Kevo Makutole Olam Hallelujah. This is the day which Yah has made, and we will be glad and rejoice thereon. Unto thee do I lift up mine eyes. O thou that art enthroned in the heavens, ascribe unto Yahuwah the glory due unto his name. Worship Yahuwah in the beauty of holiness. And thee, O Yah, do I take refuge. Let me never be ashamed. Thou hast given us joy in the place of sorrow. Thy truth is like a heady wine. Shout for joy, O ye children of Israel. Proclaim the name of our King, to whom the sun doth shine and the wind sing. Yehoah is our sun and shield. Who then can master us? To thee, 
power of our fathers do we give honor and glory? For who is Yah beside thee? Be thou our judge, O Yah, against the ungodly nations. Save us, O our king, we beseech thee. Then shall we come clapping, singing, jumping, shouting, praising, crying, and extolling thy holy name. For with thee is the fountain of light, and thy light do we see light. Thy loving kindness, Yah, is in the heavens. Thy faithfulness reaches reacheth into the skies. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore in peace. For you hold a love of justice and forsake of not his holy words. Shema Yisrael. Ya Eloheinu, Ya Echad. Baruch Shem Kevo Ma Kutole Olam Wa'ed. Hallelujah. Where is the power of Abraham? For this call our father from Chaldea. Art thou not he, O power of Yisrael? Where is the power of Yisrael? Who did bless him with the righteous with Kwa? Thou art one and the same. Who knoweth him who changed Jacob's name? Thou, O Yah, would ever remain. Though yourself sojourned in Egypt, yet did all men show him favor. Thy hand, O Yah, was with them. Thou didst help Moshe and Yisrael against Pardo. Who stood up the mighty Red Sea? Manna dropped from heaven to sustain thy people in the wilderness. It's asking the calf to bow down to, yet to Yisrael didst thou show mercy. We give thanks unto thee, O Yah. We will tell of thy wondrous works. And Yehuda is Yah known, his name is great in Yisrael. Its foundation is in the holy mountains. We will sing of the mercies of Yehoah forever. And to all generations we will make them to be known. Stay thou, O Yah, in the midst of us. Cause righteousness once more to be sown. So shall the heavens praise thy wonders, Yah. Thy faithfulness in the holy assembly. Let Yisrael awaken the day with their praises. Glory to Yah now and forevermore. Hallelujah. Shema Yisrael. Yah Eloheinu. Yah Echad. Baruch Shem Kevo Kutole Olam Hallelujah. O Yah, thou art my power. Earnestly will I seek thee. Hear my voice, merciful Father. Preserve me from mine enemies. Send out thine angels to protect me. O thou that hearest prayer with thy mighty hand, Yah, subdue all those that hate us. Remember us in mercy, Yah, and pardon all our transgressions. Except our power doth bless us, how could we hope to prosper? Unless our Creator protect us, we are as if we had not been. Stay thy hand, O death, for he doth forgive our iniquities. So will I sing praises to his name that I may perform my vows. The dead praise not Yah, nor any that go down into silence. Let us extol our power while we have life. Sing praises to our power while we have any being. Together we will lift up our voices and gratefully sing. Withhold not thy voice from extolling our maker. Let young and old praise them together. Let the tribes come there and testify, even the tribes of Israel, the mighty of Jehovah. Say among the nations, Jehovah reigneth. Thy power, Israel, over all the world. For Jehovah will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. Thy testimonies are very sure. Holiness becometh thine house, now, O Yah, and forevermore. Hallelujah. Shema Yisrael. Yah Eloheinu, Yah Echad. Baruch Shem Kevod Makutole Olamayen. Hallelujah. Thanking the Father for his infinite mercy and his compassion. 
I'm filled with gratitude and thanksgiving, even more so than normally on this day, for several reasons. I'm a um, I'm a thinker. A lot of times, um, my Esau thinks that there's something wrong, probably by the facial expression, because I'm very intense when I'm thinking. I kind of I kind of zone out, and my wheels spin, and I'm in a whole different thought process because I'm 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 going to the Father, and I'm I'm kind of like getting instruction. I I'm the type of person that does checkpoints. I go back to different points in my life to see what led me to where I am today. And even if I'm in the midst of something that is detrimental to my ruach, I have to examine that and find out what it is that is going on. Is, is it an attack on me or is it uh, is it an attack? Am I attacking myself so I can correct the problem, so I can I can continue moving in a, in a positive direction? So, you know, I um, – I wanted to thank the Father on this morning as my, my will spin that he has um, spared my youngest child to see 15 years today. Um, for some reason, all my daughters have the title for me, my hip attachment, because every one of them is, is, is younger in their lives. Whenever they saw me, whenever it was time to get out of the car, they go into an establishment or whatever the case may be, immediately they threw their hands straight up in the air. Even after they got to the age where they started making my back hurt to carry them, I'd be still picked them up and carried them until I was able to reason with them to let them know, okay, your legs do work, so I'm going to need you to use those from this time forth. And eventually they caught on, and, you know, now they're all they're all able to walk now. And uh, um, my youngest, she's, uh, I've watched her um, grow from my hip attachment into the beautiful young lady that she is today. So I just pray that the most High continue being with her and continue being with her spirit, that she is definitely the one that, uh, as she has grown, you all have, that have been here for a long period of time, have um, watched her grow um, early in her years. You know, she was always uh, diving at the opportunity to speak on the prayer line um, she kind of went into her shell a little bit, which is good also. You know, sometimes you have to go into your shell to find yourself. So once again, I'd like to thank the Most High for her. I also would like to thank the Creator for a monumentous occasion uh, that started last year, when you all can recount that I actually made my first trip to the Edits Yisrael. And it was it was fulfilling to me because I had an opportunity to be in the land, feel the land, feel the most high spirit more than, I, than I've, I've ever felt it before. Understanding that the pathway that he has placed me on is, is, is a detrimental pathway. And I, and I can see that he, just by the things that have happened in my life, um, that he has, there's a divine presence in my midst, and I'm just following to see what he's leading me to next. But when I made that journey, I said to myself, and I even said it to um, the people, our family in Israel, that next year I'm going to be back. And I'm not coming alone. I'm bringing my Eshai with me, my rib, my other half. I don't feel like I've made a complete journey to Israel without having not only my wife, my rib, come with me, but the one that even introduced and brought me into this law. I would not feel comfortable unless I did so. So the Most High Yah opened 
all doors, all gates of opportunity for that to transpire as I've um, officially um, purchased our our tickets to, to go home. And it makes me feel good to know that that word sound power that I put up in the land of Yisrael, the Most High granted me the opportunity to do so. So the countdown begins. And I thank the Most High for the opportunity not only to get her there, but to continue doing the work for the nation, which, you know, seeking out the barley and, and, and making sure that we're in the proper time in the season when Pesach comes about is very important to me. So I thank the Most High for even using me on that level. And I pray that it can be of a positive effect for each and every one of you. Hallelujah. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. Oh, what a beautiful day. I know. A little bias. It's my birthday. I was hoping he would tell me happy birthday, too. All all the trouble I went through to have this child. Oh, we went through some things. 
This is a beautiful day. It's my baby girl's birthday. It's the Shabbat, first of all. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. And happy birthday, Shalisha. And to me. That was a really, 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 really hard story. This girl right here. Mm. I praise the creator for all. He said he carried us. <laughs> I was laughing, laughing. I had to pick her up and carry her. Well, I had to carry her in my womb. Move over, bladder. Move over, spleen. <laughs> what a beautiful, beautiful thought that the Most High can make such a miracle happen. Every time we get uh, bring life into this world, it's a miracle. And so I thank the creator for all that he's allowed to happen. I thank him for all the wonderful goodness that he gives us, sprinkle it out throughout the week, and the desire that he has to save, help, and to nourish us and to make sure that we're good. It's a good thing. It's a good feeling. So we have to make sure that we're giving the credit to the creator where it's due, even though we thought that we did that. Yeah, I birthed that baby girl. If it wasn't for the creator who was on my side and inside the womb with us, because many of you, if you haven't heard the story to how she even got here, is a miracle on top of the natural miracle of 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 birth. Most High blessed and spared us with life. When he, when the doctors were saying, "Oh, there's only a one in ten chance of survival of either one of you," there was a unity Shabbat right before this major surgery I had when I was pregnant with this child, and that that feeling of glorifying the Creator together with the family, and oh, it was a good, good, good look, and that took me through that entire surgery. And of course, the recovery and all that good stuff. But I'm telling you, there is a it's a thing when when you feel confident and sure that it's all about the Creator. The Most High will not give you or do to you more than He wants, and He's going to strengthen you. Like when you're weary and when you're groaning, like I was this morning, like, oh, my arm hurts a lot. Mosai says, okay, I'm going to come in and I'm going to help you. But what if you're, that's your life? Your whole situation is, is in need of a prayer. Your whole life is in need of the creator to, you know, vindicate you. And because there's nobody else there to, to speak up on your behalf or even if they did, you know, speak up for you, whether it be able to accurately defend you or accurately be there and be in the space to to take care of you the way the creator would. Like, honestly speaking, there is a reward for those that trust in the creator with all their heart, soul, and might. It's much more than the one who think that they saved themselves or did that. Yeah, I had that baby. But we didn't even know what what, what the sex of the baby was whether it was okay, you know, so we can't be so confident that we're, what's the word I'm looking for, conceited, or that's not even the word, um, arrogant. There it is, arrogant. We can't be arrogant. The Most High is here to lift up and fulfill our petitions, but we can't be arrogant thinking that, oh, yeah, he got me, and it's because I said so. I know I'm the bomb. No, let's be humble. Let's be humble when we go back to the creator with our situation, with our prayer. Our life situation is, is, is traumatic, Mosai. Can you help me here? My enemies are taunting me. Can you be with me and deal with them? You know, let's be humble. 
We're not going to assume that the Creator is going to be, be there for us. But if your righteousness is tremendous and it's a lot and you're doing the good thing all the time, it's going to speak for you. And the Most High is going to be able to, without question, spare you, save you, help you, get you away from your transgressors, whatever the case may be. But don't ever, ever walk away from asking the Creator for a favor or can you help me? Don't 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 remove the words from your mouth and from your heart because you think you don't deserve it. Let him condemn you, if anything else. Don't condemn yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself, but don't condemn yourself. Don't count yourself out. Let the creator do all of that. That's his judgment call. That's his call to make. In the meantime, let's call on him with confidence, with a good spirit, a clear, free mind of thinking that we did something ourselves, and just give y'all the glory. That's where I'm going with this this morning. So I'm going to read the psalm that chose me. I'm thanking the Creator for this beautiful Shabbat day. I'm thanking him for the psalms that are here. I'm going to read Psalms 135. It is um, just a beautiful psalm. So I'm just going to go for it. Which psalm are you going to read? Raise your hand using the keypad, star, five, star. Yes, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day, even with the rain. We need the rain. Okay, star five star. I'm going to start it out with Psalms 135, which reads on this wise. Hallelujah. Praise Yehoah. Hallelujah. Praise ye the name of Yehoah. Give praise, O ye servants of Yah. Ye that stand in the house of Jehovah, in the courts of the house of our power. Oh, yeah. Praise ye, Jehovah, For Jehovah is good. And sing praises unto his name, for it is pleasant. For Jehovah hath chosen Yaakov. He chose him to himself. And Israel for his own treasure. For I know that Jehovah is great. Oh, he is awesome. And that our power is above all idols, deities, gods, whatever the Most High Yah please, that hath he done in heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all the deeps. Who causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth? Who maketh lightnings for the rain? He bringeth forth the wind out of his treasury. Who smote the firstborn of Egypt, both man and beast? And he sent signs and wonders into the midst of thee, O Egypt, upon Pharaoh and upon all of his servants. Who smote many nations and slew mighty kings? Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan and gave their land for a heritage, a heritage unto Israel, his people. O Jehovah, thy name endures forever. Thy memorial, O Jehovah, throughout all generations. For Yah will judge his people and repent himself for his servants. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. 
They have ears, but they hear not. Neither is there any breath in their mouths. They that make them shall be like unto them. Yea, everyone that trusteth in them. O house of Israel, bless ye Yehoah. O house of Aharon, bless ye Yehoah. O house of Lewi, bless ye Yehoah. Ye that fear Yehoah, bless ye Yehoah. Blessed be Yehoah out of Zion, who dwelleth in Yerushalayim. Hallelujah. Ooh, yes, that's an invitation. It's not even a private invitation. It's a public invitation to all of Israel, wherever you are. Come on, y'all. Let's together give glory to the Most High. You know, I noticed something about other nations that I don't notice about us. Other nations, just like the Creator said they would, if he gave them this law, they would have just done it, period, point blank, in the conversation, no arguing, no questioning. But why? Are you sure? Is this for me? Well, how come he don't have to do that? Well, I don't think this is fair. Most I think wouldn't have done none of that. I noticed that we need to be pushed, pride, uh, encouraged, inspired. We got to have a good talking to. Sometimes we got to have a swift kick in the pants. And it's sad that we have to go through all of that just to give y'all the glory that he already deserves. You know, this psalm is very descriptive in the praise, and it's recalling the ideas and the motives. It's given us a way that we can feel good about the Most High being in our corner. We have to remember, though, he's going to and has always felt a way about idolatry. So he's going to attack idolatry like he did Egypt. That's not one of his favorite things. It's his least favorite thing is when he sees his people turning away from praising him and giving glory to another. It really burns him up. And when we hear the special terms like the special treasure, imagine your special treasure getting legs and walking away and say, I don't like you no more. I'm going to go over here. Your car just leave you. Your car won't start for you, but it'll start for somebody else, right? That, that just would be terrible. You put the keys to your house in the door, and it doesn't open, but somebody else comes and put their key in your house, and it opens up to them. Wouldn't that just make you mad? So I could imagine how the creator felt after all he did for us, and then we turn our back on him. Should he still have compassion for us? After all the idols we've served, after all the murmuring we did, should he still keep saving us? Well, this is the beauty of the creator. He says that he is a forgiving power, so let's find some forgiveness. He is a compassionate power, so let's find our compassion. And he is slow to anger and plentiful in mercy. Let's find our slow anger button and let's lose out a little mercy because we have to be the reflection of the creator if you are his servant. You, if you are the priest unto the nations, then you have to start acting like that special treasure. 
May the Most High continue to use us as his special treasure. And may we continue to identify him as the source of our blessings. Everybody in this nation should be grasping at the bit to drive home a blessing for the Most High. Bless you, Yah. Bless you, Yah, for all that you've done for us. So now that I have started the psalm service with Psalms 135, just in case you missed that, I'm going to go to the board and see how this board is lit up for Thanksgiving for the Creator. I just know you all are just excited to give Yah the glory. It is okay. Well, all right. We'll we'll go with the two people. All right, Akot Nawaya, Shabbat Shalom. We're gonna start at the top and work our way down. Hey, we're gonna go with whoever wants to go. Shabbat Shalom with Sama. You're gonna use as your Sama praise today. Shabbat Shalom, Bokotov. Give all and praises to the Creator for another day of life, another week going into eternity. I would like to read Psalms twenty four two four. Hallelujah. <clears throat> the earth is Yah's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he has he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. <clears throat> <clears throat> who shall ascend into the hill of Yah? Or who should who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who doth who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He, he shall receive the blessing from Yah and righteousness from the Elohim of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Yahweh, Selah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? Yah, strong and mighty. Yah, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? Jehovah of hosts. He is the king of glory. Shalom. Give him honor and praises yet again for even allowing me to be alive and all of you at the same time. Thank you for his many blessings, both small and great. As we continue to be with those who are mourning, be with those who are with child, those who are having children, families, single parenthood, as the most high continue to bless us in these days to come. Hallelujah. Shabbat Shalom. Hallelujah. Shabbat Shalom. Yeah, that was a psalm uh, during the week. It was one of our psalms of the week, of the day, rather. And... Psalms 24 always is uh, one of those grasping psalms, grasp you right at your heart, because sometimes the Creator got to flex his spiritual muscles or even his his power to let you know, I'm the king, I am that one. Don't confuse me, don't get me mixed up, don't give my praises, my glory to anybody else. Remember, that is his pet peeve. That's the thing that drives him. If, if there's a crazy place, they, he goes there. He gets very angry when someone gives his glory to another. The Most High said he is strong, he is mighty, he is the one. David recognized it, and so should we. And if you don't, don't worry. He don't need you to recognize it. It doesn't change his status. He's still almighty. And I just, I love him. I love the fact that he gives us this opportunity to be close to him. 
don't run away from Yah. Only evil people run from Yah because they know that there is no place, no hiding place for him. He's going to shake them up. I don't want to be shook up. You know, evil people like cans of soda, and then you shake them up and open up all over the place. They're just all over the place. But righteous people, we got to stay humble, give y'all the glory, and keep it pushing. So that's for the reading. Told our Rabbah. We're going to continue on with our psalm service, me and this other lady. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any other hands in the air, so I figured you guys didn't really want to read today. All right, I call you hoodie. Take it away. Shabbat shalom. We, we don't deserve you, but we're going to serve you and keep all your laws. Toda, I'm fighting it to give you glory and praise, y'all. Toda roba. Toda roba for another day. Did we lose you, Yehudi? Uh-oh. What's going on with your phone, Yehudi? We can't hear you. You didn't get that new phone yet, did you? Mm-mm. Woo! Woo! Okay, yeah, it's yeah, righteousness. righteousness. What are you reading, Yehudi? Uh oh. Uh oh. You can't hear me. You can't hear me. We can hear you right now, but I heard nothing after your introduction song. Oh, oh no! No. Can't hear me now. Can't hear me now. We've been hearing you since you said, "Oh no!" And what happened? Can you hear me now? So what are you All reading? Right. All right. I'm reading Psalms 103. Okay. All right. Again, bless Yah, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless Yah, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Let's all take a breath on that. His benefits. Who forgiveth all our iniquities. Who healeth all our diseases, who redeem our life from destruction, who crown us with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfy our mouth with good things, so that our youth, our youth is renewed like the eagles. Yah execute righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He has made his known his he has made known his ways unto Moshe, his acts unto the children of Yisrael. Yah is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. You all, he will not always chide; neither will he keep his anger forever. He have not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. No, 
our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us, told Yah. Like as a father pitieth his children, so Yah pitieth them that fear him. For he know our frame, you all. He remembered that we are but dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field. So he flourished, for the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of Yah, the mercies of Yah is from everlasting unto everlasting unto them who fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children. To such as keep his covenant, you all, and to those who remember his commandments, to do them, to do them. Yah has prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Baruch Yah, all ye angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his of his word. Baruch Yah, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. Baruch Yah. All his works and all places of his dominion. Parukia, oh my soul. I just want to say, Toda Robah, once again, Yah, for another day. You have already left on record. Commit our works unto Yah, and he will establish our thoughts. You know, that is one of the biggest things really that could happen to us, that our thoughts are established. Because, you know, our our, um, our thoughts is like a big open doorway. Just things just be blowing through all the time. And we want to stay, you know, steadfast with Father. We want to stay wholehearted. The Creator wants those who want to be wholehearted with Him. If you want to be wholehearted with Him, then He want to be wholehearted with you. All praise to Yah. Yah's righteous. Yah's holy. Let Yah be magnified. Come magnify Yah with me today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sila. Oh, yeah. You said that. You did that. Toda, Toda for the reading. Toda for the words and the expression of love for the creator. I don't know anything that's better than giving Yah the glory that's due unto his name. You know, we think that, oh, the monetary is good. We think that, oh, you know, I got the nice car, a nice house. That's good. Oh, my children are fine. But when you have peace of mind and you're not worried, oh, there's nothing much greater than that. And the most I just give you this peace that comes over you. Oh, I know you can relate as a mother and as a mother, as a parent. You know, our children take us to places that we don't want to go. But then you consider, oh, what did I do to the Most High last week? Mm, how about when I was that age? I don't even want to think back that far. So I praise y'all for this moment, giving him glory. Told out my sister, that was an excellent read. All right, we're going to continue on. We're giving glory to the Most High on the prayer line this morning. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at here. We got another hand that went in the air. Two hands. 
I love it. Well, birthday girl, my birthday girl just raised her hand. So we're going to give my baby an opportunity to give y'all the glory for this beautiful day, this Shabbat birthday. Shalisha, what psalm are you going to use as your psalm of praise? Shabbat Shabbat. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. I'll be reading the 23rd Psalm. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. The Most High is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my soul burns over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Most High forever. Hallelujah. I'd like to thank the Most High for allowing me to see you another year of life. Because I know that that's not a guaranteed thing, and some people don't make it to the faith. So, hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right now. Well, this is my girl who's a child of very few words, and that's the most you're going to get out of her. So all praises to the creator. I'm thankful for my... uh, honor roll student and one that loves the creator with all her heart. May the most I continue to encourage and inspire you to be righteous and do always good before him. All right, told us for Psalms twenty three. Um, Yehudi, that's not gonna happen, sister. I try, trust me. <laughs> She's not going to sing that song. Shabbat shalom. Let's go. Let's go. Wait a minute. Uh-oh. I skipped the person. I'm going to come right back to you. Just hold on tight. I'm sorry. Shabbat shalom, Miss Yashia. Book with Tov. Good morning, everybody. Shabbat shalom. All praise to the mighty Yah for another beautiful Sabbath day. A happy birthday to the beautiful princess that just gave us that wonderful song that I that was my first choice, but then I wound up going with something else. Hallelujah. I'm going to read uh, Psalms 124 for everybody today. If it had not been for Yah who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been for Yah who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick with the wrath that was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us, and the streams had gone over our souls. Then the proud waters had gone over our souls. Blessed be Jehovah, who have not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our souls is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snares is broken, and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of Jehovah, who made heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
praise the mighty Yah for his blessed and beautiful Sabbath day. May he continue to watch over and keep us all. May he heal all of those and all of us who are not feeling well and who have pains and ills. May he continue to watch over all our nations and bring us closer together as he continue to open the eyes of the world. Praise the mighty Yah. Hallelujah. Yes, um, yes, that's that's what I'm talking about. Praise the mighty Yah. So she said, <coughs> me, 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 me. I'm going to give y'all the glory this moment. <laughs> In the great company of the prayer line family. So that my sister is Shashia. May the most I continue to answer your prayers and to be there for you as we are striving to be righteous servants. Shout it out. Do earnestly give y'all the glory. These are some of the fun stuff of praising y'all. You know, when you start testing us and pushing us to the limit, that's that's when we can start saying, uh-oh, it's getting real out here. But this is the fun stuff, acknowledging, giving praise, glorifying him, remembering the good times. Oh, yes, toda yeah, and toda for the reading. All right, you all, this psalm service is well on the way. All right, we're going to come back to you now, Amy. Sorry about that. And I mean to skip it, Joshua. Shabbat shalom to you. Both with both, and what psalm are you going to read as your psalm of praise today? Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. You know, it's so amazing. I was I was here going, oh, my, I'm not going to get a chance to read the psalm today. And then I realized, oh, my goodness, this is how technology will, will turn us sometime. And I'm just so, so elated just to be a little dot on the map, a little piece of the the glory of the Most High. And I pray that he will accept our feeble attempts to, to honor him, to serve him. Because, you know, we, we we sometimes we don't get it so right, but we're striving. And I thank the Most High for those opportunities because he is the only, he is the only righteous. He is the only one that never makes a mistake. Yeah. So that's, that's, rewarding to know. So I strive my best to give the Most High glory and pray that he would accept my attempts as I begin to read this 24th Psalm. I know we did it on the prayer line this week, but I think it's just uh, so appropriate as I'm moving about in his great, great, wonderful earth and seeing how can the Most High be in all these places at, at the same time, how that he could have knocked us into Juvember, and everywhere where you find us, we you can recognize us, you know, we're recognizable. And this is the glory of the Most High. Hallelujah. 24th Psalms, and Shabbat Shalom to you all too. The earth is Jehovah's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill or the mountain of Yehovah? And who shall stand in his holy place? <laughs> he that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto falsehood, and hath not, and have not sworn deceitfully, he shall receive a blessing from Yehovah and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek after him, that seek thy faith, even Yaakov, Selah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory will come in. Who is the King of glory? 
Yehoah, strong and mighty. Yehoah, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Yea, lift them up, the everlasting doors, and the king of glory will come in. Who is this king of glory? Yehoah of hosts. <laughs> he is the king of glory. Hallelujah. Selah. Giving praise and honor to him today. Giving praise and honor to him in all our lives. We should be doing so. Thank the most high for the life of my granddaughter today, Shalisha, and for all those who had birthdays already, all who have birthdays coming up, pray you live to see them and enjoy them and you know, embrace every moment. Embrace things that are coming in your life, your milestones. Embrace those things even when they're coming. They're not so great, but you know what? They, they always give us, they're guiding us in a certain direction. They're guiding us to righteousness. Whether or not we get there, don't worry about that. You just do your very best. And that's all that can be asked of. I pray the Most High will help us and to seek all the ways that we need to pull out and that he would help us to rid all the ways that will pull us back. That's the thing. That's what we need. We need that. We're asking for that discernment to show us, yeah, Eloheinu, just how we need to be and you know, so that we can fall in the right place, you know, that's all I ask, Most High. Lead us, guide us, shield us, protect us, assist us, Most High, and redeem us. Hallelujah. Shalom to you and your families today. To you as well. And may the Most High continue to direct your path, your steps. I know you out there in the Caribbean and doing your thing. I know that the Creator is definitely using you for purposes. Some may not know what they are, but I hope that the the purpose is clear for you. And so yeah, that, uh, for reading the Noah's Psalm again, uh, she read that same Psalm this morning just now. So I figured Psalms 24 is so intense. Yeah, that it needed to be read twice today. So I was, uh, I, but I, I was listening, but <laughs> I didn't hear that. Totally. Wow. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. I guess mm. that's one of them things. Some sometimes when when the Most High's name has to be magnified, the same psalm is read twice. It's quite simple. It's all good. Mm. Well, we're going to continue on, you all, with our psalm service. Toda Amy Miriam. Uh, we're going to continue giving y'all the glory. That's what I'm talking about. Star, 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 hand in the air. Shabbat shalom, Yakina. What song are you going to use as your summer praise today? Shabbat shalom, Bogotol family. Um, rising, giving honor to the Most High. Thanking him for blessing us all with his beautiful gift of breath and life again on this beautiful Shabbat day. Praying that everyone is well. Um, a gentle reminder to everyone to always, always, always follow that little voice inside. It could be a big thing. It could be a little thing. This morning for me, I was washing the dishes, and the most I said, calling the prayer line now. And I was like, you know, I was, I'm going to call closer to nine. But when I called, I heard my baby's voice. And I was like, oh, it was like a little gift for me on his day and her day. So I got to hear my baby reading one of my favorite songs, her special self song. 
thanking him for Shalisha's life, my God, baby, and her amazingness, our little miracle child, and just praying that he continues to always have his hand on her and continue to let her just continue to blossom and be more amazing and continue to amaze us as she continues to grow and flourish. It's bittersweet to watch them grow. But just thinking I'm sorry. I didn't actually pick a song. Being that the morning was going the way it was going, I kind of just opened up the tonight, and it opened up to 135. Um, I would like to read 134, which is very short and precedes 135. I'll read 134 and 135 together. All praise to the Most High. 134, a song of degrees. Come, bless the Most High, all you servants of the Most High, who are standing in the house of the Most High by night. Lift up your hands in the Kodesh place, in Barak the Most High, maker of the heavens and earth. Baruch, you from Zion. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Most High. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, servants of the Most High, who are standing in the house of the Most High, in the courts of the house of our power. Hallelujah, for the Most High is good. Sing praises to his name, for it is pleasant. For he hath chosen Yaakov for himself, Yisrael for his treasured possession. For I know that the Most High is great, and our power is above all mighty ones. The Most High has done whatever pleased him in the Shemayim and in the earth, in the seas and in the depths, causing vapors to go up from the ends of the earth. He made lightning for the rain, bringing forth wind from his treasures, who smote the firstborn of Mitzrayim from man to beast. He sent signs and wonders into your midst. O Mitzrayim, on Pharaoh and on all his servants, who smote many nations and slew mighty sovereigns, even Sihon, sovereign of the Amorites, and Oz, sovereign of Bashan, and all the reigns of Canaan. And he gave their land as an inheritance, an inheritance to Yisrael, his people. O Most High, your name is forever, and O Most High, your remembrance to all generations. For, right, for you rightly rule your people and have compassion on your servants. The idols of the Gentiles are silver and gold, the works of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. And there is no breath in their mouth. Those making them become like them, everyone who's trusting in them. Barak, O Most High, O House of Yisrael. Barak, Motai, O House of Aharon. Barak, Motai, O House of Lewi. You who revere the Motai, Barak, O Motai. Barak from Zion, <clears throat> and your name will be blessed forever, who dwells in Jerusalem. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So, I'm Motai for this word, asking that you would add a blessing unto it, and that everyone on the sound of my voice would get something from it. And that we always remember who it is, the power that we serve, that this is really, like, the only God. Like, even though there are other powers, he's the most mighty. He's the most powerful. He created them all. Let us never forget that is a strong thing, and it's something that should make it a little um, 
easier to be okay with your humanity and your imperfections and your um, your strive towards him, knowing that he created all things and, and he is capable of all things. We get so caught up in our flesh and we get worried and we get scared and we are fearful and we lose faith and we let our feelings control us, our anger or our depression or our um, lack of a thing to control us. If we remember the power that we serve and the rules that he set before us and the promises he laid, all it takes is doing your part. All it takes is doing your part. It's a very simple contract. So let us not ever get too caught up in our flesh and let our spirit and the Ruach HaKodesh, his Holy Spirit, overrule us at all times. Blessed love, family. Okay, so, hallelujah. Let's start, yeah. Let's start with hallelujah. Yeah, we're going to start there. Hallelujah. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure something out. When everything is doubled, is that like confirmation? Or is that just that nobody is... I did. I know, but I'm just trying to figure out what's going on because Amy just read Noaya's song. And so it's just been doubling up. It's been doubling up all all day. So Mm -hmm. I think that everything that's being read for the second time is something that we really need to pay attention to, and it's definitely confirmation. So Psalms 103 is our our digestive pill. (laughs) Psalms 23 is our um, regressive pill. And then Psalms 135 and Psalms 24, we got to keep looking at that all day. So blessing the most high is the highlight of our day. That's going to be the highlight for sure. What were the Psalms you said? 103, 23. Uh Uh-huh. Psalms 24 and then 135. So I know I'm missing one of the Psalms too. Listen to me for a second. I don't know exactly what it is either, but we got to pay attention. Because the most I have something for us. Um, I had a dream, and I'm not going to go into all of it, but it was odd because I was leaving from a friend's house to go to a friend's house. But the friend's house I was leaving from was your house, and the friend's house I was going to was also your house, right, in this dream. So, but it was two different places, but it was still the same you. And the only thing that really stuck with me from the dream so much was that I remembered the house number. And... I was kept trying to figure out why, you know, 11523, 11523. None of us have ever lived at this address. Why is this number so significant? And I added them up, and it came to 12. And I don't know what that is if the Most High is just saying, yes, I am, if he's just calling us or wants our attention. But let's just pay attention. Let's just let us pay attention. Had to pay attention. It was a, it was a, it was a weird dream, and it was so memorable and clear. I don't know. It was just odd. Oh goodness, we talking about dreams too. Oh no, I, what did I tell you when I first got on this line this morning? I had a weird dream. I kept getting up and down out of my bed, getting in and out of my bed, and then I, I stepped in somebody's dog poop. And didn't know it was dog poo until I got back in the bed for the last time and I felt something on my feet. I never 
she was like, that's weird. You don't even have a dog. I said, I don't even <laughs> like dogs. So well, you don't even live in the top of that store yet either, but listen. One, one, five, two, three, baby. We moving in. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> hope y'all all wrote that number down. Anyway, we're going to think about that number today. As we think and as we contemplate, why is it that we've been reading the same Psalms over and over again? Well, I just have to say this, that um, repetition is the key to remembering anything. So let's make some good habits today. Let's, let's, let's repeat this blessing. You know, I think that's what we were doing, blessing the most high all day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. This is confirmation, everyone. This is the day that Yah has made. He's going to be happy to hear you read that psalm once, two, three times, four times. Yes, it's all good. All right. Told out my sister, Yakina. We are in the psalm service. It's, it's longer than I expected. I was expecting after the two people raised their hand and we were going to get third person and we're going to be done, right? But that's not just the way it happened. You all are taking your time, coming to the line like, oh, I'm inspired. Oh, I'm encouraged. Oh, the spark hit me. So did the spark hit you, Ako Kaiza? But Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. I would love to read, yes, the spark hit me, Psalms 51. Hallelujah. Is that okay? That's your song. I'm not going to tell you if it's okay. If it's not okay, it's okay, your now. song. Hallelujah. It called me. Have mercy upon me, O Abba, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquities. And cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward part, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Created me a clean heart, oh, oh, Abba, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from Thy presence, from Thy presence, and take not Thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of Thy salvation, and uphold me with Thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors Thy ways. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood gutlessness, O Abba. Thou, Abba, of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Abba, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. 
The sacrifices of Abba are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O Abba, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasures. Unto Zion, build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offerings, and whole burnt offerings. Then shall thy offer bullocks upon thine altar. I got to be honest. I was in the other room for about an hour, so I didn't really hear um, the prayers, the the, the um, psalms. But I, I am grateful I was able to come in just in time to read that one that was calling me. And to me, and I told Aya, you know, a refresher course. You know how you take a course and, you know, you, 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 got, you got it down packed. But instead of, you know, being so arrogant and saying, oh, I got this course, I'm good. It's always good to get a refresher course to remind yourself who you are, who Abba is, and who he loves. So I told Abba for blessing me to read that song. It, it was really meaningful today. I hope y'all have a blessed Shabbat. Hallelujah. I told Abba for the reading. And I really think that song was meant to keep us humble. We all giddy and, you know, full of praise and blessings. But don't forget that we don't want iniquity. We don't want transgression. We don't want those things that we have to beg. I please wash me, clean me up, get me right. And, and, and I'm so sorry. So we got to stay humble. And if you are that person, make sure you clarify your spirit. You know, get in in with parts. Look, we might even have to do it physically. Drink that hyssop. Put, put some tussin on it. Get right. May the most high continue to bless you. Tell that for the reading. I quote Psalms 51. She just balanced the act right on out for us. Y'all feel that? Mm-hmm. That's the glory of the most high taking over. All right, we're going to continue on in our segments, and we're going to quickly hear from Amy Miriam today with uh, Spilling the Coffee. Uh, we're going to say prayers on behalf of Dota Matana L, who will not be here today. She's under the weather, and we want to give her some healing energy and all that good energy, that good juju her way. All right, in the meantime, let's get ready for Spilling the Coffee, the PTSSD conversation. Yeah, some of us are more affected than others, but we're going to talk about it. All right. Men and people will fight 
Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. Yes, keep confirming that this day was meant to be. Hey, Amy, how are you feeling today? <laughs> well, well, I'm feeling just wonderful. I feel, as a matter of fact, I feel used. And it's not that kind of bad news, it's a good news. I feel that the Most High is using me. And, and you know, that was my prayer. I've always said, Most High, use me. But you got to be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Giving all praise and honor and glory to the Most High. Thanking him for this Shabbat day. Thanking him for the opportunity to come before you. And, uh, you know, just to praise his high and most holy name. You know, we, we are people that um, we've, been, we've lost our way. And kind of like been given up because we gave up, you know. And you said something very important today. You said, if you are with the Most High, he will be with you. I heard Sister Yehudi say it to me. It's very, it's very real. If you put yourself in, a, in his hand, really, I don't mean in a, a, a kind of favorite kind of way, but you have to do it in a way that your spirit your soul, your body is connected to the words of the Most High and also to his bidding, what he has wanted for us. So this is what we're attempting to do. We're attempting to tap our way back into the resources that we lost because along the way because of our disobedience. You know, it's just a real thing. I'm not trying to beat, us, beat that in, into us, but, you know, while we are uh, uh, striving to find the healing, we got to know what we've been sick from. So that's real important. Um, whew, take a deep breath. I have a few minutes. I'm going to uh, pray that they're being used. And if I have to leave, you all please understand that. I'm here and uh, we, we have a driver who's coming to pick us up to take us to uh, Haggard Hall, which is where uh, House of Zion is. It's a temple here. Um, <clears throat> I first started coming to Barbados back in 1998. I first met uh, Rabbi Hines, most high rest his soul. He has passed on. And then there was another rabbi that took the horns, and his name was uh, is Rabbi Austin. Rabbi Austin also has passed on. However, before Rabbi Austin passed on, it's a little history, he actually uh, received a visit uh, from Kohen Mikael. He had since, before he passed on, he had changed his whole tune. Every single thing that you could think about has become a total Hebrew Israelite serving the Most High Yah, and he changed his title to Kohen himself. And uh, he actually, he and a few of the uh, congregants here from Barbados traveled to Guyana, South America, and visited with us and went to Rockstone and did everything we did. They came and uh, very pleased. And uh, since his passing, one of the older, older members, oldest members that was still there, and her name is Ima uh, Doria, she actually came out to the conference that we had we had on Wednesday evening, and she's still there at the camp, at the temple, serving and just being her gracious self, you know. And I thank the Most High that He is. He's shoring us up. He's allowing us to make the change, the changes that are necessary. So as we just continue to go on, it's another. So today probably I'll give you a little bit more history. When I talk, when I talk about the PTSSD, I'm speaking about the trauma. I'm speaking about the injury to our spirits, to our souls, because of the fact that we have 
been in everybody else's grasp. And as a result, it has left us damaged. And that, and, and not that the Most High would allow them to ever take away our spirit, because we still have that spirit of prayer to serve, and we want to, you know, we have that compassion. So I thank the Most High for that, because didn't continue to have that to give us like a, a opening, uh, perhaps we would have all been swallowed up alive. So Todai Yehoah for that. Um, I'm also here in Barbados today with a gentleman whose name is uh, Buddy Laria. Buddy Laria has a case that is still open in England, in, Euro- in Europe, in London it is, and it has been open for 40 years because he brought up the, um, the, the concept that he had been injured by slavery. Would you believe that? To show you how the Most High works, I remember him. Uh, I met him the, when I was here once before, and he has a book that he's written called Against the Edge. And it's a book that deals with the mental uh, stress and illness, you know, and I thought it was so wonderful how, I didn't even think over the years how this PTSD was going to formulate in my life. But I remember that Cohen brought, brought me uh, that book, that document, and I have some of that document here with me today because I copied some of it and I used that concept in the PTSD because it actually fits perfectly because it's the truth. These are the dilemmas that we face, that we have... Uh, not been able to prove our case as to what has happened to us in that slave, uh, that enslavement time. So what he did, he did research, and that's what we sh- we should all be doing today. We should all be doing our research into what in the world happened to us. Why is it that when if we if something happens with us, okay, they say, oh, you are a criminal. That criminal behavior when we do something when we might even be defending ourselves, but if one of them do something ugh, that is so gross and outrageous, of course they are allowed to be um, something is mentally wrong with them. You know what I'm saying? So you know what I'm talking about. We're talking about that that cognitive cognitive dissonance. Talking about that double standard. So we thank the Most High that He's given us. Uh, a platform now. So we are joining these informations together. We're joining these hands. Hallelujah. I had an opportunity to sit down with Brother Laria yesterday, which was really grand. And I showed him our strategic plan from the International Decade for People of African Descent in Guyana that we are doing. He is so very pleased. He, He was so overwhelmed. He showed me some things that I was overwhelmed. He is going to... So you're the most high's hand. He's going to the government here in in Barbados with our concepts of the PTSSD, and he's going to invite him to sit with us, okay, to join hands in fighting our issues in our tissues, in fighting and putting those those concepts in front of the people to let them know that we still have a lot of work to do and we are going to do it. Hallelujah. So could everyone just give the most high hand? Hallelujah. Praise you. Uh, so with all that being said, it's a very exciting moment, but you know that it's going to, going to take a lot of work 
So I hope that on your end, where you are, that you all are preparing also to join the fight because we may have to call. I know I will call. I know some already. I can name right off the bat 10 of you all from America that I would call on to be a part of this uh, this challenge, this undertaking, because the healing begins right here, right now with us. There's no nation that's coming to heal us, to help us. Trust me when I tell you. I'm not saying that the Most High will not send some send some of them or send some of their money or whatever it might be, but they are not going to, as a whole, come and rescue the people that they have uh, captured as their slaves. That's not going to happen. So we're okay with that because we know we have a power that is able and he's willing as long as we are willing to do what is good and right and pleasing before him. So I just want to give you that little bit of news, you know, without going to any um, – secular details, but that's very spiritual. If you if you can hear what is going on, the connections that are being made here, that the Most High is, um, he's showing us favor, and we could see it. In, in, in the wake of all we're seeing going on in the world, with all that is happening now, that this is our time to shine. This is our time to get it together, because they're fighting each other now. Great. They, 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 they're so engrossing, they're fighting, you know, they forgot all about, not that they've forgotten all about us, don't, don't, don't get me wrong, but that their focus is not directly on us right now. This is the time. This is the time that we better take to do what we must do to save our children, to save our future, okay? So this is what I'm speaking of, to get ourselves right mentally, physically, spiritually, financially. That's why I brought you all this uh uh, information on the tapping solution because it's a revolutionary system for stress-free living. And we, our people, have been more stressed than any other. We've been distressed. How about that one? With all the disses that have happened in our lives over a period of many centuries, we need to stop, consider, and retrace and retract what we need to do. So I um, can't give you a whole lot of it today because we're leaving in a few minutes, but the tapping solution will relieve some of the the issues in our tissues. And that's literal. That's literal in our tissues because some of the pain that we're having in our bodies are as a result of the injuries from way past ago. That may sound like, well, how could that be? If my mother had an injury, why am I feeling injured? Well, because we tap into each other. We're connected to each other by, by links, by DNA, you know, and, and, and we, we, we do the same thing. Your mother didn't teach you how to dance, but you got the spirit of dance within you because you came through her and her mother had it and her father had it. And so this is what we're saying is that it's epigenetic. We are passing things on, some good and some not so good. It's those not so good things that we need to really tackle. We need to go back and fix. So if you do tapping at certain places in your own body with your own thoughts, saying the things that you know that can relieve you of that pain and of that issue, those issues, you do that and watch it happen. Watch it manifest. See, because we thought it was going to be some hard things that we have to do. Yeah, some of the things we have to do are very hard because change it's inevitable, and sometimes change is painful to people because they don't want to change. You know, I want to just keep doing what I'm doing. Why can't I just keep keep going to church? Why can't I just keep 
doing this. It was, it was okay for my mom. It was okay. No, it wasn't. It was accepted, not okay. It was accepted because we didn't have choices. Now we have choices, and we have to use those choices to make us wholesome, to make us better, to teach our children that, no, you don't have to go down that path. I went down there, but you don't have to. That's not the path to take. So we are teaching and rethinking and rethinking ourselves in the lands of our captivity. That's what I'm seeing happening. That is exactly what is happening. So I I pray that the Creator will help us to uh, be ready to do our homework, to be ready to to take our lessons, to be able to to be ready to take our healing. Don't think that you got to go to a doctor for every single thing. I'm not saying don't. I said don't think that you have to because even when a woman, for example, when she's pregnant, the first thing a doctor is going to ask her is, when was your last menstruation? When was the last time that you noticed that you, your body was changing? When was the last? They need that information to give you the feedback, your information. Oh, when is your due date? So when you ask the doctor, well, when is my due date? You know, they're going to tell you based on what you told them. So what I'm saying is that we have to become more confident in being uh, the priests of the Most High because the priests were the doctors, and we have to be those doctors now to heal our own souls. We have to be able to know what to eat. The Most High left it on record, but now, okay, now that I know what to eat, where do I find it? Where's the best source of it? What is this? These are the, these, this is our homework that we have to begin to do. So when the doctor says, well, here's some pills, you want to know, well, where'd you get those pills from? Where do they come from? What does that mean? That's the same pill that uh, came out of the, the um, mold of bread? Okay, well, how about if I take the mold of my own bread and use it to do it? So what I'm saying is that we're going to have to couple the old with the new. We're going to have to couple the east with the west. We're going to have to blend it because we've been in all those places. We've done all those things. All right? So this is a, a lesson for us. And the tapping solution, in, if you go into the uh, the prayer line page, you will see that there, I put in there how to do it because it shows you exactly how. The only thing that nobody can give you is your situation. You have to know what that situation is. So when you're tapping it out in your body, you're saying what it is that you need to get rid of. All right? Can everybody get to that? Everybody get to that? And, you know, it becomes a very personal thing. And that doesn't mean that because you tap it out and you feel, a, you feel a relief that you need to stop. Keep doing it because tapping, like anything else, is, is, is gradual, maybe over a period of time. And depending how much you really want to get rid of that thing. Because you know what? We get rid of problems and then we invite them right back in our lives. And we got to learn how not to do that. So this is what we're doing is that we're tapping it out to never return again. That's the, the purpose and that is the goal. We'll tap out these pains to never return again. When you, when you tap it out, believe me, you'll understand what has happened, okay? And just meditate on it and thank the Most High for this remedy that he is affording us this day. So I say Shabbat Shalom to you all. I love you so very much that um, whatever I come across, believe me, I'm not going to hold it to myself. I will share it with you. You share your experiences with me, and you tell me what you what what is happening. 
Uh, I thank Dr. Joy grew wherever she is today. May the most high bless her to be strong and to continue her work and bring more of our people out of the shell that we've been in, locked in. And now the doors are open, but some of us are so afraid to approach the door for fear of what might happen. But I say, fear ya. Open the door. Hallelujah. Shabbat shalom. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. What well, it says, nothing to fear but fear itself. It's all an illusion to keep you away from something. What are you keeping me back from for putting all this fear in my heart? You know, tipping the scales. We're going to be tap, tap, tap. And we're going to continue this uh, tapping exercises. I know all of you have YouTube. Go on YouTube and, and, and click on uh, tapping, you know, the healing of tapping. See if that works for you. Really, give it a try. It goes right along with that radical forgiveness that I was talking about earlier this morning for you early birds that came on. And, you know, right now we have to not just verbally heal ourselves, but mentally, physically. When I mean verbally, you got to talk yourself into some things. (laughs) Talk yourself out of some things, whatever the case may be. You have to use that voice to have this divine guide inside of you, you know, and talking to your children, you'll be their divine guide. Uh, I know that, for example, it happened for my child in, in school. She had to speak up for herself. And all she can remember is my words in her ears telling her, no, we don't, we don't celebrate those holidays. We don't, we don't give that energy to that. And I don't care what that man said. I was not going to do that assignment that was geared to Santa Claus. Like, what does that have to do with anything? And then she was like, Anna, this is high school. I was like, wow. So if you don't come up with a different lesson for me, you can miss me with that, okay, in the most respectful way. But we have to stand up for ourselves. We have to make a clear uh, 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 division between those that those moments where I used to let you get away with that. But there's no way in the world I'm going to allow that to continue to happen to me. And then I'm going to stop the cycle because I'm going to teach my children on how not to let that happen to them. So I see in the road in which this is going. The healing starts with you, and then it continues on throughout your generations, your children. You you teach them those things that was taught to you. You reverse that. You reverse that by teaching them some new things, a different way of approaching the situation and tapping. Um, Just like taking herbal medication, it doesn't just completely clear you up the first time you take some herbs. Oh, I'm good now. Oh, I'm the natural remedies. Oh, it's taking care of everything. Burdock root, chick, chick root, I'm good. Hyssop, I'm clear. It takes more than just that. We have to really do a spiritual surgery, you know, some, some operations. Uh, these techniques that we are applying, a.k.a. the tapping, it needs to be done and done often and regularly. It didn't take us one day to get sick, and it's not going to take you one day to heal. So these things have to be applied on a regular basis. And then start to take note of the changes that you feel. And I appreciate you taking the time to share this with us, and I know that you all are there in Barbados on a mission. And I pray that the Creator will continue to use you for good in this mission. 
gathering souls and helping them to understand how to heal. That is so important because if they don't heal, they're not going to be able to receive the Torah, as we talked about earlier this week. How can you hear Torah if your body's in pain, if your mind is sick, if your heart is all over the place? So we have to heal those things in order for us to be able to hear the Torah and apply it. So for those of you that are struggling in a certain area, you might want to tap into that tapping because it might just help heal whatever that is that's going on inside of you. All right, let me go to the board. I just want to make sure that we haven't missed anyone with their hand in the air. I know you have to go, Amy Miriam, so we we told you in advance. Anybody here would like to no, appreciate out loud? have a little time. <laughs> okay. Does anybody want to appreciate Gavir Miriam out loud? Raise your hand, star five star. <laughs> or if you have something that you have already used, have you tried that method? Have you tried the tapping method in any way? A small way, a large way? Have you, have you even experimented? Do you know what we're talking about? All right. I cut Nawaya. Shabbat Shalom. Share with us. First and foremost, of course, give the honor and praise to the Most High for my life, your life, and my Amy's life. I just want to say you are you are doing a great job um, bringing forth the message to us. Um, and I just want to say I appreciate it and you. I pray you continue to be able to keep giving us um, jewels or gems, as they say. Have a blessed Shabbat. Love you. Wow, wow, Swat Arabah. All right, Amy. We didn't hear you, but we appreciate you too, Nawaya. Swat Arabah. Ako Adira, Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom, Mishpakati. Hey, birthday girl. (laughs) Yes. Happy birthday. I just had to get that that in there. (laughs) All these birthday people. Yes, much, much appreciated, much appreciated. And um, giving all honor and praises to the creator, our glory, our power, our our master, our redeemer, our salvation, and our rock. I am in the mountains just celebrating, just just enjoying, just uh, what do you call it? I am vibrating, I'm resonating on a very high level right now, and I'm so blessed to hear my sister's voice. Sister Miriam, I love you. I love the energy that you bring to the nation. I love it that you share that energy um, because it is so needed. It is so needed. I read um, some information about the Spanish Inquisition and the European impact on that and their ex, uh, ex, ex, extinction or expulsion of uh, people of color from that um, from that region um, in that particular period of time. They're doing the same thing even today in different nations. They have been trying to do it all through and in, in and throughout Africa, you know. Um, but truth is verifiable, and it cannot be denied. It will, it will come back. It will rear its head, you know, because um, people can't lie forever. They can try to lie forever, but people cannot lie forever. Truth will always reign. And I appreciate the energy that you bring because you bring truth. You bring righteousness. 
and you bring it with an energy that is so needed to combat what we're facing out here, what our ancestors have faced. We have to come with the same energy that the adversary comes with. We have to provide uh, uh, that spiritual that 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 spiritual power, you know, and get into our history. We have to get into world history because we are everywhere. You know, you cannot pinpoint. You cannot just just pigeonhole the the children of Israel because we were scattered to the four corners of the nation for a reason. You know, it wasn't just. It wasn't just, you know, because um, of, of, of a, 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 a curse. It was a reason behind that. And if you see the reason with clarity about our impact on the world, we are a nation of, of, of priests, and we are supposed to impact and come with that power wherever we are, wherever we're scattered to. So when you think that... Um, uh, you know, you're alone and, um, you know, you, you, you're put out and you, you can't be with your sisters. But you are with your sisters and brothers. That spirituality, that spirituality will transcend distances. It don't matter where you are. You have the power where you need it. You are where you're supposed to be. So resonate that spirit, my sister. I love you. Have a blessed Shabbat. Have a safe Shabbat. Be safe. May the, may the provider give you protection always, wherever you are. Hallelujah. Shabbat shalom. Hallelujah. Wow. Hallelujah. We're still here. I'm only here. I'll be here. I thank you for, um, hmm. all right, let's see. Uh, can you hear me? Kane. Okay. poor Kane. All right. Well, I thank you for your um, words of and and for the truth that it's good that um, we talked about confirmation today. We've been hearing that word this morning from the prayer line and from the, uh, the psalm service. And the thing is that when we use confirmation, it is a part of the healing process because there's some people that don't can't attach nothing with nothing, and that's unfortunate. That's been a part of our is that we can't seem to so broken that we can't connect the, the the wisdom, we can't connect the understanding. And that's how they use us. They keep us so busy and so against each other that we cannot connect. Happen. You know that the Most High has sent some divine interference. So this is what we're doing today. That's exactly what we're doing. Confirming and connecting. So Hey, confirming, connecting, and tapping. <laughs> Gotta add that. <laughs> Hallelujah. And tapping. No cap, y'all. Shabbat shalom. Toda Emi. Toda Rabbah for the blessing. This is a blessing. This lesson is a blessing. And it's going to help us throughout our week if we really, really, really get strong, try to get strong off of these procedures. This is going to help. If for nothing else, it's not going to hurt. That's for sure, <laughs> unless you start punching yourself. I, I'm just saying. Some of us would take it too far, like myself. I'd probably be that one, be like, I said get out of my punch, punch. Anyway, all praises to the creator. You have a safe journey. Have a beautiful Shabbat. Give the family our love and keep on tapping. Let's tap into some healing.
Well, speaking of which, we usually go into the Hebrew word of the day. We ask that the Most High will heal Dodah Matana El. She's not feeling well. Give us some some good healing energy. Y'all send some prayers her way. And um, we're going to move on to the next segment. So Shabbat Shalom, Bokwetov. Did anybody want to read a song before we go any further? Because once we go further, we're not going backwards. And I know some of you got places to go, people to see services to be at. Raise your hand, star five star, or else we're going to move forward to our Torah-minded segment. No? No Torah-minded? All right. Well, guess what? Before we move forward, before we get into the Torah-minded, we've got a little, little, little piece that we're going to have a throwback um, talk. So uh, before we go in there, and this is going to be from Matana L's son, he's going to he's going to represent his Ema today since she can't be here. Um, we're going to have a little throwback conversation. Before we do that, Gavreya Shana, you just threw your hand in the air. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom, Mishpaka, Bokwe Tov, for waking me up this morning to this wonderful, beautiful Shabbat, to the information and all the lessons that we need to grow, to know, and to be better each and every day. Um, I just wanted to read a quick Shabbat. I see we on the time schedule. I'll come back with a more selected. But so far, I opened the book, 119, and it's Lamed. That's what spoke to me. Just most High told me to read it. So it's Psalm 119, Lamed. And this is how it reads. What verse does it start in, sis? I'm sorry. I, what verses do you have the verse? 89. 89. 89, 89 to what? 89 to 96. All right, you guys. You heard that. 89 to 96. That's my Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I forgot it's all broken up like that. But, like I said, it just said, read that. So, this is what I'm going to read. Todaya for all the blessings, all the lessons, all the love, the guidance, and protection. Forever, oh, yeah. Thy word standeth fast in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it standeth. They stand this day according to thine ordinances. For all things are thy servants. Unless thy law had been my delight, I should then have perished in mine affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. I have seen and I have seen an end to every purpose, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. Hallelujah. Toda for the reading of the word. Shabbat Shalom. I'll join you later. Hallelujah. Toda Rabbah. Shabbat Shalom. And we look forward to hearing from you later. That was a great choice, by the way. May the Most High forever be magnified. Toda Gaver Yashana. Have a blessed Shabbat. All right, family. Toda Rabbah. Toda you already know. Y'all ready for this throwback conversation? All right. Well, without further ado, Shabbat Shalom, family. Stay blessed. 
I'm only human. I'm just going to take a couple of quick minutes to read my prayer line manifest. Um, it's a disclaimer for those of you who need to hear it. You know, I know even before hearing the message in, in, in its entirety, I'm not going to really need to say anything about it. But just in case, let me just go ahead and read this prayer line manifest and disclaimer. This prayer line came into existence through a culmination of events, beginning with a formation of the sisterhood group spearheaded by the late Gaber Ashira Batnaftali and others in New York City in 2004. The minds of these sisters were connected by a common bond, the love of the Most High and his people. A designated time was set aside each day for the sisters to come together via telephone to pray before starting their secular day. Some needed evening prayers to accommodate their work schedules, so there was also a designated evening time set aside for those to join in at that time. As more needs arose, the prayer line would shift to accommodate the needs one by one, step by step. The mothers, sisters, daughters of an everlasting nation saw the vision and the needs communicate with one another and ultimately with the Most High, Yah, on a daily, continual basis. Putting differences aside, the mindset strengthened and became clearer, and a mission was born. The sisterhood was now a network of women from across the world with various backgrounds and varying degrees of understanding of Torah, and with all the same understanding that we must take responsibility to do our part in the rebuilding of the true house of Israel. We soon realized that no matter how successful we might be in our mission, that we could never reach full succession without our brother's input and approval. So learning how to love ourselves is the key to loving and revering the maker and the divine king. Over the years, it has become evident that many of our concerns and issues. So the prayer line has evolved into a rather large network of listeners, orators, and silent participants. As with any open public venue, you run the risk of problems that may affect the project. So we have added a disclaimer to protect the person or the persons facilitating this line. The interpretations, implications, and valuations of individuals who speak on this line are not necessarily those of the facilitators or the vision of those sisters of the original prayer line. This line seeks to join, strengthen, solidify, and rededicate themselves back to the building and living righteous lives. It is our most humble position and prayer that those whom the Most High shall choose will be found on this line. Praise Yah. Hallelujah. Without further ado, our guest speaker will take over. Shabbat Shalom, my brother. Shabbat Shalom, Nicole. Hallelujah. Giving all praises, honor, and glory to the great King of the world. The whole thing about oath, because um, life is definitely a precious thing. And to have life and to acknowledge Him is showing Him that we appreciate and we don't take life for granted. Um, beautiful life that he has provided us with. Um, my name is um, Ak Yirmiyahu. Um, I'm located here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, 
my father was um Yasuda being Aptali. Um, in the late seventies he actually um, went to Guyana with Colin Lewy, who got with um Paul Mikael and um was a part of part of that movement during during that time. And um moved back to the States in the early eighties and uh, we grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Um during that time I was under the teaching of Maury Elazar and um then we moved to, to Virginia, um and then under the teaching of uh, Maury Shamaya and, and under the leadership and the guidance of Sartre Nehemiah, and I was able to grow and, and learn things as a young man. And now I'm here today and for the Creator and His people on this beautiful Holy Shabbat day to bring forth something to, that actually is going to tie into what you was talking about, um, Akotiko Kavya. And that's just really being prepared and way that we will always be prepared is if we tap in into something that we all have within us. And and everybody has what I'm going to speak about today, but everybody do not use it in a way that's beneficial or in a way that will help you grow as an individual, help you help your family grow, help um, your community grow, and overall help the nation of Israel grow, and which return will help the world to grow. So what I would like to speak about today and the message I would like to bring forth, I pray that, Creator will bless the words of my mouth to speak words of truth today, to speak words that will uplift and inspire, words that will give people a sense of hope and a sense of direction. So not unto us, not unto us, lo la nu, lo la nu, but into your name, we give glory. It is al kastaka, al amiteka. For your mercy and your truth's sake, O oh great King, that we bring forth your great word. Um, what we'd like to speak about today is the power of Ruach. Ruach is a Hebrew word which means spirit um, in the Tanakh. It may also mean wind. I have a concordance, and I'd like to just briefly read out a concordance, all the different definitions they have when it comes dealing with Ruach, and then I'm going to go into my dissertation and, and the things that I have to share. Um, but according to the concordance, the strong concordance, it says Ruach is breath, wind, by extension, spirit, mind, heart. This is important right here. As the immaterial part of a person that can respond to the Most High God. The immaterial part, the inter, the inner being of a person that can respond to the Most High God, the seed of life, spirit being, especially the Ruach of Elohim. The sin, that's the key, Ruach Elohim. And we're going to learn more about that today, even as I go on. So um, the first passage I'd like for us to turn to is in the beginning. Bereshit, Bereshit, um, chapter 1, 1 through 5. And um, ask the question, where does the Ruach come from? Where does the Spirit come from? Where does that wind that lives inside of you come from? And the reason is why. In the beginning, Elohim created the heaven and the earth. Now the earth was unformed and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Ruach Elohim was over the face of the waters. And Elohim said, let there be light. And there was light. 
and Elohim saw that the light was good, and Elohim divided the light from the darkness. But yeah, it says, um, with the Ruach, Elohim, Barakethet, Al Kanei, Hamayim. The Ruach of Elohim over or moved over the face of the waters. So that lets you know the presence of the Almighty before anything was created. This living entity, his Ruach, was here. The Ruach of the Almighty was here before anything was created. Here's Charlotte. That's where I'm currently located right now under the leadership of um, Cohen's Adok. And um, and my father saw our room. Um, but we have a saying here in Charlotte, and what we say all the time, we say, Yaha, which just simply means Yah lives. And the, the way the Most High lives, especially to us, is in our spirit, our Ruach. That's the way the Creator lives within us. And in Genesis, once again, Bereshi, chapter 2, verse 7. And people opportunity to turn there. But this is the first time it was introduced to man. It says, The Mozart Elohim formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So the Mozart gave man a part of him at that time. He gave Adam a part of him, a part of that Ruach that, that moved over the waters. And he became a living entity, a living soul. So now we are created in this image and we are able to go because we have a piece or a part of Most High within us. But Yah lets us know that this Ruach that he's, he's given us, that everyone has, is not going to abide in man forever. So you have to ask yourself a question. What, what are you going to do with this spirit, with this Ruach that the Creator has given you? What are your plans and what are your goals as a man or a woman living in this world, especially those who have that Ruach Elohim, the Ruach of the Most High God, that has the ability to know who the Most High is in these days and time? What are you going to do? Because he says it in Genesis, in Bereshi, once again, 6.3, he said, I have to share these things because this is our life that we're speaking of, and I want us to enjoy our life that we have, and we have the, the capability to enjoy every minute of it. But we have to tap in of our inner being and make that connection with the Almighty. Bereshi chapter 6, verse 3. And it says, And the Most High said, Maruah. He said, Maruach Ruti shall not abide in man forever, for that he is also flesh. Therefore shall his days be a hundred and twenty years. So Mosai, he's making a distinction right now. He's saying, you know what? We, we are flesh, because what we have is our outer being, or excuse me, our, our outer shell, which is our body. But what really allows us to live what really defines who we are is our Ruach. But the Most High saying, I can't allow it to abide with you forever. So he said 120 years. So while we have this thing temporarily, or while it's lent to us from the Almighty, what are you going to do with your spirit? The first thing you should do with your Ruach 
is to let y'all know, let the creator know you appreciate and you thank him for the life that he has given you. Let him know I appreciate that you have given me an opportunity to live in this world, to be a part of your creation. We have a double portion if we know who the Most High God is. I mean, we have a portion above our brethren. When I say our brethren, the, the Goyim, the other nations, because we're all the Most High's children. But he gave us one additional portion. Remember um, when Yaakov was blessing his son, he told Joseph, I give you an additional portion, which, which I took with my bow and my spear when they shut down the um, the brothers um, that, that violated Dina. Him in his in, in his camp. So what we have is something special that is from the Almighty when we deal with this thing called Ruach. And now I want to really go into the, the meat and potatoes of how your spirit can cause you to receive a blessing, or how your spirit can cause you to block your blessing. What we want to do is make sure we do not block our blessings. We want the Creator to open up the windows of heaven and shower down His blessings upon us. We can always receive the goodness that He has for us. Bereshit, once again, chapter 8, verses 1, stay in the book of Bereshit, because this is the beginning, and this is just the outline. This is right after the time that um, the Creator destroyed the earth, he said, the thought of man is bent on evil continually. Once I said, it repented. He repented himself that he has created man. So he was upset with the things that we was doing with our spirit. Our interbeing was built on evil continuously. So he said, I have to destroy man. But here in chapter 8, verse 1, Musa said, he remembered Noah because guess what? Noah had a different spirit. He wasn't caught up with all the nonsense. He was a man who was able to say, I will stand up for what's good and what's right, even in the face of adversity. And the most I remember Noah and every living thing and the cattle that was with him in the ark. And Elohim made a wind to pass over the earth. When you read it, in the Ivrit, it says, Elohim, Ruach, how about it? So they're speaking about the wind, but they're saying, the Ruach of Elohim, that's the spirit that we need to put in the earth. Because I'm going to speak about different spirits that's in this earth at this time. But yeah, he created all things. But he gives us the opportunity to make a choice. What side do you want to be on? We want to be on the side of Ruach Elohim. Because right now, when that wind passed over the earth during the time of Noah, what did it do? It brought forth life. And we were able to once again, create and be fruitful and multiply. The most I say, he remembered Noah. He remembered his wife. He remembered his children and his children's wives. He remembered the cattle. He wanted them to bring forth life once again. But just not any type of life, a life that will glorify his name. That's the only thing Ruach Elohim can do is glorify the creator. He's not created to do anything else. It doesn't have the ability to do anything else. So 
So if you're growing other things and you're not glorifying the creator, that means you do not have that Ruach Elohim within you. You may have that Ruach Ra'ah. And we're going to speak about that. That's what had, which is also known as an evil spirit or a misfortunate spirit. And the Ruach Ra'ah is, is destroying us right now because maybe not even intentionally, some of us may have that evil spirit. We're just upset. We're just mad at the world, mad at the way things are going in our life for whatever reason. It said, my Ruach should not abide in man forever. Do you ever wake up and your spirit is down? I know I do. But the key is the solution to turning that around is to tap in or make some type of communication with the one who gave you that spirit. Because even when we read about Shaul, when you go through Samuel, you read about the story of Shaul when he was trying to take out Dawid. It said that Ruach Ra'ah came upon him, but it came from where? The Most High God. It said the evil spirit came upon him from Yehovah. So the, the thing, what you need to do to remove that is ask God, Most High, please remove this evil spirit from me. My spirit is down for whatever reason. I can't put my finger, I don't know why I feel this way, but please help me feel better. That's what he wants you to do. And he will give you a piece of that Ruach Elohim and take away that Ruach Ra'ah. But you have to ask him to help you. He will send people your way that will uplift you. The proverb says, a wounded spirit who can bear. Once your spirit is broken and you're down, who can bear that? How can you live? It's hard to go on. That's how powerful this thing is called. That's how powerful your Ruach is. Your Ruach is so powerful, it will tell you which way you need to go. I tell my each other that all the time. I'm just going to follow my Ruach. I'm going to follow my spirit. Because once you're in tune with the Almighty God, once you're in the Most High at once, that's the way He will reveal things to you through your spirit. Until we get to that level when He said, I'm reveal myself in dreams and in visions. That's another level of the Ruach, which we can attain. But right now, he's going to talk to you with that inner voice. Some people may call it your, your conscious or um, intuition. It's the Most High speaking to you. If you at one with the Most High, you know when he's talking to you. Don't ignore it. So if your Ruach is telling you, go ahead and finish school, finish school. Or go back to school, do that. If your Ruach could tell you, now it's time for me to leave this place and go to another place. If you had one with God, make that move. The most I told Abraham, let's look up. His spirit talked to his Ruach and said, it's time for you to get up out of this place to a place that I will show you. Um, the race came Genesis 41 38. Let me turn the box. Hallelujah. I've given, given all money to the Creator. Thank the most high for even moving the spirit of our sister even give me a call today to share this message. Now, this
this is an example in, in Bereshi 41.38, is when you're in tune with the most high, people can see that your ruach is different. And that's what we want. We want people to acknowledge us and know that, you know what, that people is a, a fireball. They are filled with life and light and love and the things that we need to, to co-create in this world. Because that's what everybody, everybody wants to be a part of the women's team. Everybody wants to be a part of those who are making moves, those who are being prosperous in their ways. And this is how we will become prosperous. Um, Genesis 41:38. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as Elohim have shown thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou. And the thing was good in the eyes of Paro and in the eyes of his servant. And Paro said unto his servant, Can we find such as one as this, a man in whom Ruach Elohim is? Now, if you think about the life of Yosef, and that's the key of having the Ruach Elohim, that doesn't mean that everything in your life is going to be smooth. It doesn't mean everything in your life is going to be peaches and cream. Everything is not going to go your way. But you will have complete access. You will have a direct life who controls all life, who can help change whatever you're going through in your life. And that's what Yosef had. Yosef was taken away from his father. He was sold by his brethren, and he was sold into the house of an Egyptian and was a slave. But during that time, his ruach was not broken. Not saying he had times he was sad. Not saying he didn't have times when he missed his family. But he still showed himself to be an upright individual. Even when Potiphar, his wife, tried to come on to him, he said, how can I sin before the one who gave me this ruach? How can I sin before Elohim? I will not do this thing. And we may look at it like and say, wow, he stood up for the most high, but then he was placed in jail because someone lied on him. But even when he was in jail, his spirit stayed high to the point that they trusted everything that he did and everything that he said. And even when he asked the chief butler and the chief baker to, please don't forget me. I have interpreted your dreams for you. Mention me for Pharaoh because I'm in here unjust. Don't forget me. They forgot about him, but his spirit stayed high. Why? Because he continued to reach to reach out to his maker. To Yahweh, he just called upon him. Yahweh, continue to help me. To the point that when the chief the chief butler finally, re finally remembered him when Pharaoh had his dream. And he stood before him and said, the interpretation of dreams don't belong to man. It belongs to Elohim. Give it all glory to Yah. Because so that's what the Ruach Elohim does. It gives you the mockery to glorify the, your home through it all. Pharaoh looked upon him and said, can we find such one as this, a man in whom the spirit of Elohim is? The answer is yes. We could find them in these days of time. We see people all the time. You may say, this person has a beautiful spirit. 
We can find them. They are out there. You have it. Only thing you have to do is tap into it. Find that time by yourself. Get some new time. Just put everything off. Just meditate and tap into that inner being that you have. Tap into that power that you have that the Messiah wants you to share with the world. And then your light will shine. I was speaking to a brother last night. He said, talked about the dark ages. He said the reason why <laughs> during that period it was called the dark ages because the Israelites wasn't there. The Ruach of the Mosai wasn't in the world at that time. A light shines so it can lead the way that we should go as a people. So if our light is shining, that means we are leading the way for all the nations. Once again, your Ruach can either attract or block a blessing. He wanted to always try to attract blessings. In the book of Shemot, also known as the book of Exodus, chapter 6, verse 9, just like to go over a few precepts to speak about the Ruach in the Tanakh. Chapter 6, verse 9, and it says, just to give you a brief synopsis, right now, this is when um, we were still slaves in the land of Mizraim, in the land of Egypt, and the most I said, Moshe said, let the people know we are about to get out this land, and I'm going to send them to a land that I promised unto their forefathers. But we all know when Moshe went to Paro, Paro said, I know not of that Elohim. He actually made the task and the work of the Israelites harder. And this is when we pick it up, chapter 6, verse 9. And Moshe spoke unto the children of Israel. But they hearken not unto Moshe for the impatience of Ruach and cruel bondage. So, like I said, your, your, your Ruach can block your blessings. At this time, we were so distraught and hurt as a people. Ruach would allow us to even hear a message of deliverance. It wouldn't allow us to believe that the Creator will come and change our world and change our life. Don't get so caught up in your situation thinking that the world is against you. And that's why they left these things on record, because at this time we felt like there was no hope. But Tiqua was there for us. There was a lot of hope there for us. But we just had impatient in spirit because in our life we want things when we want it. But everything is on the top of the almighty Yah. Everything is on his time and during his will. When he say, now is the time. In the book of um, Kohelet, also known as Ecclesiastes, it says, patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. So one who can wait on the creator is better than the one who is so pompous and so self-centered and feel like it's all about them and the things that they do. Be patient in your spirit. Continue to wait on the Almighty. Most important, tap into your Ruach Elohim. Call upon Elohim who gave you that Ruach. And he will reveal certain things to you. And you'll be able to sit back, look back at your life and see, and say, this is why the Most High led me in this direction. This is why he told Abraham to walk throughout this land. And to your seed, I will give it. Abraham didn't have the impatient spirit, even though he did not have a son at that time. 
the Arabic throne was Eliezer Damascus. But it said Abraham believed Elohim, and it was counted as righteousness. So believe the words that I'm telling you today. Your spirit is a powerful thing, and you have the ability to know what's coming your way if you tap into it, because Yah will reveal certain things to you. He will show you how to move in this life that we're living, even in bondage. Right now, we were in the land of Mizraim, under the hand of our captors, but we still had the ability to move in righteousness before Yah. Having a Ruach Elohim is a person that has just being a decent human being that knows about etiquette and, and morals. Being the person the Most High wants you to be. If you have a Ruach Elohim, people should feel comfortable approaching you or going to you for a good word. I mean, have you ever been around someone who is like, vibrant or filled with joy. That type of spirit is contagious. You want to part of that. But also on the flip side, someone who may have like a bad attitude, that spirit is contagious as well. A bad attitude is like the ripple effect. It's like ripples in the water. A drip falls into the water and it spreads. What we want to spread is that vibrant spirit, that good spirit. Samoke 28, Exodus 28 to me. Continue to speak about this Ruach. You say, where does it come from? Why is it important to have Ruach Elohim? The spirit of God, in other words. Because Ruach Elohim creates builders. It creates a nation that we're striving to be, and that's a Yahweh nation. Shemot 28, verse 3, and it says, And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted. Right now we're speaking about um, the time when we're going to make the holy garments um, for the Kohanim, for Aharon and, and his sons. And the most I said, I want you to speak to those who are wise-hearted. We said something important. Whom I have filled, whom I have filled with the Ruach Kachma. That's a different form of having that Ruach Elohim. The Ruach Elohim will bring forth Ruach Kachma, which is spirit of wisdom. And the spirit of wisdom comes from from the most high God. How would you receive it? By asking God to give it to you. Isn't that what Shalomo did? He said, what do you want? He said, I'm a young man. And I have to stand before these great people. Give me a heart of understanding. Give me discernment. He said, I have given it to you. We have different committees out here in Charlotte, a part of our community that we have people a part of the, the, the committees in. It's things that we have to come up with in, in events and activities. And I ask the creative. I just need to have a mind to, to come up with things, an innovative mind. I'm trying to tap into that Ruach Elohim so I can bring forth some of my ideas that Yah has granted me with. He said, speak to those that are wise-hearted 
whom I have filled with the Ruach Hakmah, with the spirit of wisdom. In the same chapter, skip over to 31 3. Thirty-one, three. Let me take it from the beginning. Thirty-one, one. And he said, "Hey, God spoke to Moses, saying, 'See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Yudi, the son of Or, of the tribe of Yehuda, and I have filled him with Ruach Elohim.' You see, he said, I called him out by name, and I put my spirit upon him. He said, Ruach Elohim in wisdom, and in knowledge, and in understanding." And in all manner of workmanship, to devise skillful works, to work in gold, to work in silver and brass, and in cutting stones for setting and carving of wood, to work in all manner of workmanship. So whatever you want to do, the most I may feel your spirit to work with those who may have learning disabilities. You know, you may feel your spirit to be a social worker. To work with those who parents may be on drugs or don't have the, the proper upbringing. We have sent you there to help that family. Or you have maybe still just spirit to work in the medical field. So we can have our doctors. So when people get ill, people get sick, we have someone that they can come to. Whatever your position is, or if you don't know, ask the most high to show you. Tap into your inner being. Tap into that power that you have that lies within you. So we can show you the way that you should go in your life. He said, I filled Bezalel in the Holy Island, in Kokavia, in Danya, in Yermiyahu, in Melech, wherever you are. Moe Elazar with the spirit of Elohim. Ruach Elohim. Hallelujah. Now, this, like I said, there's other type of spirit that you want to stay away from. We spoke about the Ruach Raha, which is that misfortunate spirit or that evil spirit. Um, in the book of uh, Bar Numbers, the fifth chapter, you speak about the Ruach Quina, the Ruach of Jealousy, <laughs> which, which can be detrimental to you. But the most high speaks about being jealous in the book of Shemot, in the book of Exodus, where he speaks about, um, I'm a jealous Elohim. He said, I visited the iniquities of the fathers upon the children. The third and fourth generation of them that hate me. So don't provoke y'all to feel to have that Ruach Queen out. Or Kwana, as it says in, in Shemot. That Ruach of jealousy. Because that, that spirit of jealousy will cause you to do some mean things. They'll cause you to take somebody's head off, to destroy people. You don't want that type of ruach, that ruach of jealousy. But even in, in Midbar, the fifth chapter in the 14th verse, he said, the most I said, it may come upon a man that something is not right within his household. In other words, his spirit is talking to him. His spirit talks to you all the time. But are you in tune so you can take heed? To the things that he's trying to tell you. In this case, he's telling them something may not be right. You you may need to take a look at your household. But these are things that we want to avoid because these things, um, it, it, it hurts the nation. It's not good for us. I'm going to go over a few more precepts um, about this song. 
these are things that we need in our individual life. He said, give me y'all, why you smile all the time? Why you feel because my heart is happy? The Creator has blessed me abundantly. And yes, I've been through a lot. Before my grandmother passed away, she used to sit down and, and talk to me all the time. This is the mother of um, my daughter, Miriam. Um, we had an excellent relationship. And I thank her because she gave me a part of her Ruach, and we're going to speak about that in, in a few moments, how you can give a part of your Ruach to someone. Um, but we had a lot of intimate conversations. And one time I spoke with her, I was sharing with her that, you know, Grandma, you know, we left Georgia when I was 13, and um, thinking about one day maybe going back down to Georgia to live. My grandma was like, baby, I don't want you to go back out there. You know, but opportunity presented itself at my job, and they said, "Hey, Jimmy, y'all, we have a um, opportunity for you to transfer out there to Georgia." You know, and um, I mean, it's a great opportunity for you to maybe become a manager in a few years if you do well out there. I'm like, "Wow, this is what I went to school for: business management. You know, being able to lead, being able to, to be in control." I said, "This is an opportunity of a lifetime." I said, I accept. So I moved out there. I moved to Georgia, me and my Mishpaka. At the time, me and my family, my daughters. And um, we was out there. I was out there for a good year. As far as the job was concerned, things was well with the job. Most of the time, we could excel and do great things out there. I mean, I was sitting down with, if anybody knows about Atlanta, that's a great opportunity for our people, for African Americans to really flourish. That place is, is uh, it's a gold mine for our people and opportunity. Um, and I was doing wonderful at the job. It's like, give me out you're right there. And I'm there for almost a year. Now, the job was going good, but my Ruach was telling me, Georgia is just not the place, though. For some reason, that's what, that's what my, my inner being was telling me. And I said, you know what? I would love to make good taste sales. I would love to fulfill my dreams and, and do this with the job. But I said, at the end of the day, it's about my spirit. If my spirit is not right, if my spirit is broken, my bones will be dried up. And I will be, I can't be good to anybody if I'm not right within myself. After a year in Atlanta, my spirit told me, hey, it's time, it's time to go. It's time to leave. And I'm left. And I left, and I'm still with the company. I'm, I'm doing well down there in Charlotte, North Carolina, and, and, and things are looking on the up and up. But that's just a just a little story of how your spirit will talk to you and how you have to be in tune and how the most high will reveal certain things to you. And like I said, my, I feel like my grandmother gave me a part of the spirit. And once again, you can give a part of your spirit to someone. And it goes back to, to the question I asked, have you ever been around someone who was vibrant? You may have just been mediocre or just going with your daily flow. But after a while, I feel it. I feel good, too. You know, a piece, of, a piece of them is now a part of you. And also, think about it on a, on a negative connotation. It can help happen that way. So be careful of the company that you keep. If someone is speaking negative all the time, maybe you don't want to be around that negative spirit because you don't want that spirit to grab a hold of you. In the book of Bob Midbar, 
chapter 11, Numbers 11. This is a prime example of how powerful the Spirit is and how the Spirit can be transferred. 11.17. And this is the most I speaking of Moshe, who was definitely filled with Ruach Elohim, but a man who had a lot of problems, a lot of haters, a man who people wanted to destroy. He did not respect his leadership, but he always stayed with the Creator and the Most High upheld him through it all. 11.17. He said, and I will come down. This is the Most High speaking to Moshe. I will come down and speak with thee there. And I will take of the Ruach, which is upon thee, and I will put it upon them, that they shall bear the burden of the people with thee, that thou bear it not thyself alone. So the Most High is saying, the same way you feel right now, Moshe, what I'm going to do, I want you to gather up 70 elders. And I'm going to take a part of your spirit, a part of your Ruach, and I'm going to put it upon these 70 elders so they can feel what you feel. So they can have the power that you have. Because, yes, they will feel the burden in one sense, but in the next breath, they're going to have a powerful spirit. In the same book, let's get down to chapter, I mean, verse 24. And Moshe went out and told the people all the words of Elohim. And he gathered 70 men of their elders, the Zakonim of the people, and set them round about the tent. And Jehovah came down in the cloud and spoke unto him and took of the Ruach that was upon him and put it upon the 70 elders. And it came to pass that when the Ruach rested upon them, that they did what? They prophesied. But they did so no more because it wasn't an indefinite ruach for them. The most I just gave it to them temporarily so they could feel what she was feeling. But when that spirit hit them, then they had the capability to prophesy. They saw things that the average man did not see. They felt things that the average person cannot feel. And that's the ruach Elohim. It was a part of them. But there remained two men in the camp. That was named, the one of Eldad, and the name of the other was Medad. So the 70 elders, only 68 actually came to the tent. There was two that was recorded, but did not come out to the tent. And guess what? The Ruach rested upon them as well. The Most High still put a piece of Moshe's spirit upon them. And they were of them that were recorded, but had not gone out to the tent. And they prophesied in the camp. Then ran a young man and told Moshe and said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And your host were the son of Nun, the minister of Moshe from his youth, answered and said, Adoni, my Lord, Moshe shut them in. And Moshe said unto him, this, this, is, this is key right here. <laughs> Listen to these words. And Moshe said unto him, Are thou jealous for my sake? What if all your oldest people were prophets? What if everybody was a part of the Nevi'im, the prophets. And Jehovah will put his spirit upon with an exclamation point. Like, this thing is powerful. This thing is what we need. This is the key to everlasting life. The power of the Ruach of Elohim. And Moshe knew it. He said, why can't everybody have a piece of what I have? This will be a great thing. You won't be in such of an uproar. 
and my camp is better than your camp. So you talking about me, so I don't like you. It will be like four for the name of your whole. Joshua said, let me take him out. Jose said, no, this is a great thing. This is the key of life. This is what life is given to us for, so we can be at one with our maker. The whole created us. It's only right that we visit him before we go. And once they visit him, know him in a way that only you can understand. Because I can't give someone who I can You have to find it within yourself. Only thing I'm trying to do right now is let you know how important it is to have it. It's not something I can say, there you go, you can have mine. You got to find it for yourself. And even when the Mosai took it off of Mosai and temporarily put it on the people, he was just like, look, this is what you can have. Tap into it. It's good for you. It's good to the, to the spirit. It makes you feel just like, wow, I understand why I'm here. And the Ruach of the Mosai is not only designed for Yisrael. So don't get caught up thinking, oh, I'm an Israelite, so this is only for me. No. And to prove that, let's turn to Bible 24. 24 2. 24 2. Wow. This is at the time when Israel was getting ready to cross over the Jordan and go into the land that he promised to Abraham. But this was, this was, um, there was this man named Balak who said, oh, these people are mighty. I need to call Bilam to come and curse these people. And Bilam, he came. But once, I, once again, once you have that Ruach Elohim in you, you are only designed to do one thing, and that's to glorify the name of Jehovah. That's it. 24-2. And, we'll, and when Bilam saw that it pleased Jehovah to bless Israel, he went not, as at the other times, to meet with enchantment. So, yeah, in the past, Bilam was, he was into a lot of different types of rukot. He was into everything. That's why I say he didn't go as he did in the other time. This is the final straw right here. There's no need for me to meet with the enchantments because I know who the both sides bless, I cannot curse. And who the both sides curse, I cannot bless. We are a blessed people. No spirit, no evil spirit in this world can destroy you. If you have one with your own, he will protect you. And Bilam lifted up his eyes. And so Israel dwelling tribe by tribe. And guess what? The Ruach Elohim came upon him. He's of the nation. He's not an Israelite. But he can also feel the spirit of God. Once he understands and knows all this other stuff means nothing. It's not real. He's enchantment. He's sorcerers. The witcher indoor that Shaul went to go see because of his evil, his evil spirit. His Ruach Ra'ah. Led him to go to see a witch at Endor. After you realize and you understand that these forces that are out here, none can touch Ruach Elohim, which is the most powerful one. Nothing else can destroy you. It said, 
And Bilam lifted up his eyes, he saw Israel dwelling tribe by tribe, and the Ruach Elohim came upon him. And guess what he said? How goodly are thy tents, O Yaakov, thy dwelling, O Yisrael. To do nothing but bless the people. Let them know Yah is, he is king. He is king. In that same portion in 23, it lets you know, um, Bilam told Barak, he said, give in to me, our son of support. Elohim is not man that he shall lie, nor the son of man that he shall repent. I mean, this, this portion, um, dealing with the story of Barak, it, it, it's very powerful. But it just shows you how this, the power of, of Yahzuah can not only lay upon Israel, but it's also designed to share with all nations. So they can acknowledge, even as um, Bill Lawrence acknowledged that, it's only God. These other enchantments mean nothing. Once again, just to reiterate, the Ruach Elohim is created to glorify the name of the Almighty. That's that's the whole purpose. That's the whole need for it. Abed Bar 2716. You can get ready to close it out in a little bit. Just wanted to bring forth this message to me. I pray that the will for his spirit, even upon this oath. 2616. And Moses spoke to Jehovah saying, Let Jehovah, the Elohim of all root coat, of all flesh. This is the most high, he is the most high God of the spirit of all flesh. He said, set a man over the congregation who may go out before them. So let the most high choose someone who has that Ruach Elohim. This is most safe. The man that was closest to Elohim. He's not saying, let me appoint somebody. He's saying someone that you have chosen. Let them go before thy people to come in before them and who may lead them out, who may bring them in. That the congregation of Jehovah be not as a sheep who have no shepherd. So we're not lost. We have someone who will direct us in the path that we should go. But this person has to have the Ruach Elohim. And the Most High said to Moshe, they see Yehoshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is Ruach, and lay thy hand upon him, and sit before him, tell us all the priest, and before all the congregation, and give him charge in their sight. He said, put your hands upon him and transfer what you have upon this man. For elders that's on the line, before you go, if you feel like you're getting up there in age, bring forth your children in. Lay your hands upon them. And speak the words of the Creator. Ask the Most High to give them a part of you. Isn't that what Elisha did to Eliyahu? I want a double part of your Ruach. And when that mantle hit him, when, when Eliyahu was taken up in that chariot of fire, and that mantle fell down upon the least the double part of his spirit. That's so we can transfer these things. This other people who the most high has touched. We have um Othniel in the book of the judges who destroyed the kings of Aram. We have Gideon, also known as Yerubahal. Destroyed the Midianites in the book of Shotim. Yeah, this talk. All these people, it says Most High put his spirit upon them. This is someone we all know, Shimstone, Samson. The Most High put his spirit upon him. 
in closing of the message today, dealing with the power of the Ruach. And this is dealing with prophecy. This is how important the power of the Ruach is. Uh, even in prophecy, it speaks about it. And actually, this prophecy is what I named my son after my newborn. Most I seem to be with him, bless his spirit. In the book of Yoel, the book of Yoel, the second chapter in the 28th verse. This is speaking about in the future, in closing. 228. And it shall come to pass that I will pour out my rock. Upon all flesh. This, this is this is what Yahweh wants to do. He didn't say the nation of Israel. He said, all flesh. We just read that the Mosad is the Elohim of all who code of all flesh. So he's saying right now, I'm going to pour my spirit. I'm going to pour my Ruach upon all flesh. And what's going to happen? Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Isn't that what happened when he took apart of Moshe and put it upon the people, the 70 elders? He started to prophesy. And the old men shall dream dreams. And the young men shall see visions. Now, once you have that Ruach Elohim and you tap into it, then your whole will visit you in other ways now. He's not going to only talk to your inner being, he may come to you even even in your sleep, your subconscious mind. He said, you're going to dream dreams and you're going to see visions. And also upon the servants and the handmaids, even those who work, work for you, going to have that Ruach Elohim filled with the Creator. And in those days, will I pour out my Ruach and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth. Blood and fire and pillars of smoke. And we will not be afraid because we will be in tune. We will be in one with the Creator. And one last book in the book of Zechariah, chapter 4, verse 6. Mosai says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Ruach. That's the way we're going to win. That's the way our children are going to be able to live. Not about the strongest men. It's not about the power that you have because of your riches or the car that you drive. It's about the Ruach Elohim. By my spirit, will things come about? That's what he did when he spoke to him. He said, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, said Yahweh, gave our own. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Jerusalem, that thou shalt become plain? And he shall bring forth the top stone with shoutings of grace, grace unto it. Hallelujah. One last passage before we close out. My message, and, and what I'm asking everyone to do is, Tap into your inner being that you have. You are a living entity. And you have the spirit of the Most High in you. Just tap into it. If your spirit is down, ask the Creator to take it away. Whatever it is, 
that's bringing you down. Ask him to take it away. Psalms 51. This is the psalm of Dawid. We all know about the story that the, the spirit was taken away from Shaul. The Most High rested his spirit upon King David. And King David says in the book of Psalms, the 51 chapter, Verse. He said, create me a clean heart, O Elohim, and renew a steadfast ruach within me. Cast me not away from my presence, and this, this is key, and take not thy pardon's ruach from me. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation, because once you have that Holy Spirit upon you, you have something in you that will make you feel good. He said, restore to me the joy of thy salvation, and let the willing ruach uphold me. Then will I teach transgressions the way, and sinners shall return unto thee, because they're going to learn from you. It's contagious. They will learn from you, and they want to have what you like. They want a piece of what you have to share with them. And in closing, when it's all said and done, for the most I said that my Ruach shall not abide in man forever. In the book of Ecclesiastics, also known as Quotelic, 12th chapter, 7th verse, and it said, And the dust returned to the earth as it was. You were created from dust. From dust you were created, from dust we shall return. And it does return to the earth as it was. And the Ruach returns to Elohim who gave it. And the Spirit will return back to the Mosai who gave it. I pray y'all will, will pour the Spirit upon us. I really do. And that we will have a heart filled with happiness. That we will cry only tears of joy. That we can all just come together and feel good and worship your home in the beauty of holiness. I thank the Creator for allowing me to have the words to speak this day. Just remember that who I know you, we have it. And we have that evil spirit upon you, Asimusatu. Take it away from you. He, he will do it. He will do it if you ask him. Take it away. He will do it. Learn the song from my brother, Yehoshua, Zane Yehuda. So beautiful. The brother had the opportunity to sing the song at my wedding. Spirits was real high. I'd like to share with you all today before we close out. Hallelujah. We are one in the Ruach. We are one in our Yah. We are one in the Ruach. We are one in our Yah. And we pray that our unity will one day be restored. In their know we are Israel by our love, by our love. And they know we are Israel.
Shalom. Wasn't that awesome? Oh, that throwback was perfect. That was the most beautiful, right on point message for the day. Confirmation. Can we say confirmation? Take this opportunity to appreciate the moment that you are in. When I tell you that there are only positive, good feelings on this line right now, I'm going to say it out loud. There are positive, good spirits on the line right now. I thank the Creator for the life of our young brother, Yirmiyahu Ben Naftali, who stood up unknowingly today um, in, in the stead of his Ema and letting that voice be heard. Can you all appreciate that confirmation? Today is a day of confirmation. I'm, I'm convinced of it. Oh, my goodness. All right, Yakina. I already knew that hand was flying in the air. I knew it. I felt it. I saw it coming. <laughs> Talk to me, sister. Talk to me. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. Hallelujah. Girl, hear me, Yahoo. Oh, my. Yeah. I am just, what does hear me, Yahoo mean? You got to ask your godmother, child. I don't know. But but that's probably just going to make the confirmation more powerful. Um, girl, I don't even know what to say, but I had to put my hand up because <laughs> I, I couldn't in tears. Like, you cannot make this up. Like, the confirmation, that that was a beautiful, 
well done piece on the spirit of the Most High. May the Most High had a blessing to this young man. Like, it just filled my heart with joy. Like, that's Yemi Yahoo talking. Like, oh, oh. The mm-hmm. thing about job and all of that, I bear witness. I bear witness. I was there for the Most High gave me this beautiful miracle gift of the birth of my daughter. I was there, and that job meant so much to me at the time. Girl, that job meant something to me. Oh, I remember. The Most High sent my baby. I'm sorry. I thought I was going to be able to just do it, but... I didn't know it was your new name. Sorry is your new name, sis. No, we don't we're not sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I did it as long as I could because you know I that was the right thing. You supposed to work and you gotta make money. How you gonna get along in this world? And the most high I said, No, like I I never been more rich before in my life. All right, you filling me up now. Okay now. Four times. I'm yes, just telling yes. you, like this power that we serve is amazing, and he's mighty. Mm-hmm. And this, you could not have made this up. When I heard you say no Torah minded, I said the Most High is sending a segue. I am saying I am here for this today. I am here, so I just I'm happy that I stayed. I enjoyed it. I'm very proud of the the, the, the young man. I try to remember in my mind that he is a grown man, but it just yes, he is. <laughs> I have to do the same thing too. Yes. You know, yeah. But may the Most High add a blessing to him and his family. May that mm-hmm. message reverberate in our souls. Let us not let it pass by as a little thing. The spirit right. of the Most High is a very important and joyful thing. May we always wear it as our armor and our strength and our confidence. And um, before I go mm-hmm. on and on, I'm just going to cut it off there. Just family, family. I hope y'all felt that the way I did. I really do. Hallelujah. Enjoy the confirmation. Kang, 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 Kang. This is completely a confirmation because we started out on this line speaking about the spirit of the Most High and letting it take over you, letting it envelop you, letting it, you know, run you, you know, follow that spirit. And then here he comes with this throwback. You would think that he was live and on on stage. And then he, he came in talking about tapping into a situation. I said, uh-oh, I cannot believe that this confirmation is been. Now, I just want you to know, Ako, that we're not – eliminating the uh, Torah-minded segment. We just wasn't going straight to it. So before we went to the Torah mind, we had to get this throwback in there, and it was perfect timing. But Toda, for your your thoughts, wow, you all know. You all know how the creator works, right? And we have to, sometimes, you know, we have to fall into a situation. But if you follow in the Ruach of the Most High, he will lead you directly in. There's no falling in love. There's no falling out of love. And he will lead you. You know, sometimes, like, your spirit don't want to do it. You don't want to do it because it's hard or it's a tough situation or somebody made you upset. But then you got to push forward in, in that thing that you don't want to do. And on the other side is your blessing. Sometimes I have to push myself to get up in the morning and get on the prayer line. And when I get there, it's like, wow, why did I have to push so hard? This was a blessing. 
It feels good. My spirit is, is motivated. But I had to push myself to even get to that point because I knew that if I didn't do it, it wouldn't got done. Nobody else's, this is not anybody else's job. The most I chose you for the job. So no matter how bad you want somebody else to do it or step in that place, that's not their position. So sometimes in our lives, we face those obstacles. And we wonder, well, how am I going to get through it? I don't have enough energy, strength, wherewithal. I don't have the, the desire. And then we just go to the creator and say, Most High, please help me with this situation. Put your spirit on me. I want for me what you want for me. And then before long, you look up and you've already tackled the task and that you thought was so difficult. Or you've gotten through that moment that was so hard. Or you feel better after feeling so bad. And that is the... Uh, look, quote, unquote, magic of the spirit of Elohim. I love it, and I thank the Creator for blessing us with that confirmation in this day. Akota Dira, you have something else you want to add to this piece? Shabbat shalom to you, Akota. Shabbat shalom, shabbat shalom, shabbat shalom. Opa, um, yes, I did feel that. I did feel that confirmation. I felt that energy. Um, that 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 just resonates it resonates naturally that is energy and um wow when when you when you feel it and you hear it and you see it at the same time it's like oh my goodness oh my goodness what just happened because i was writing about this just yesterday i think it was yesterday or the day before yesterday i can't really remember but i was put it i put it on my facebook page as for as um you know like a, a a blurb about energy right and it says lead with your heart and get into your passion sparks will fly not only for you but for everyone you touch meditate on your purpose breathe for clarity breathe for wisdom breathe for energy now that your words or know that your words are powerful but your deeds resonate the energy needed to sustain that power. And so when I heard the but when I heard uh when I wrote, I wrote this and I heard some messages in your Amy's message this morning. I heard some messages in this brother's, you know, dissertation this morning. And I'm just so I'm so grateful to be able to have eyes that see, you know, and ears that hear. Because sometimes, you know, we, we put things on and we just walk away. We don't hear the message. And and it, it, it doesn't manifest itself for us, you know. So we have to be paying attention and be mindful of all these things because they're there for us as a blessing and are counted as a blessing. There is um there is a, a young couple in Brazil and they are looking for spiritual guidance. They speak Portuguese. I've been working with this young lady for years now because um, of her uh, uh, health condition and, you know, just helping her along her way, along her journey. So she's always reached out to me to um, to to get help with Torah, to get help with some questions um, and energies that, you know, that she needed to uplift her and and keep her family on a straight and narrow. But the brother, the brother's energy is powerful. He is now about to do circumcision 
for him and his son. They were working on this since last year. And they were asking questions, and I was trying to find people to help this brother who speaks Portuguese, who's so dedicated to the to the Most High that he is going through this ritual of circumcision, and he has no he has no real guidance. But he's asking the Most High to guide him. He's asking the Most High to give him this energy to make these connections. So so very proud of these young brothers because. They have, they have this energy. They have this, um, I guess, unspoken word that needs to come out of them. That needs to manifest itself into a reality for them. Now I've tried and tried to try to find somebody to go through this whole thing with, giving him what he needs as far as you know scriptural guidance and stuff like that. He's just reading. You know, he's just reading, and it's overwhelmed him, and it's, and it's gotten him to the point that, you know, he's, he's read this part again about the circumcision, so he's like, now, I want to do this. You know, I want to do this. And I don't really care if nobody's going to help me through it. Most high is going to help me through it. That's powerful. That's powerful. I wish that we had, like, a network of young men or um, older older men to help these types of situations because we've been scattered. We have been scattered through the ends of the earth. And we have people like this that have this desire to embrace this law, embrace this culture, you know. And and, and they're there for a reason. We don't know what the reason is. Only y'all knows what the reason is. But we have to get these energies together because the Most High is called upon it and, and he's pulling that energy and he's causing it to be, like, overwhelming and, and it's, he's, like, causing it to make people move in a certain direction even if they don't have an idea of what the heck they're doing. What I made sure to tell them is to have somebody professional somebody medical, medically professional do this for him and his son because you don't want anybody, um, uh, you know, causing them to become um, um, mutilated, you know. So they made their appointments last year, and it's coming up on February where he's going to get his done first, and the young, the young, uh, his young son is going to get his done. So I would love to take this opportunity to make this call out to help this young man. He speaks Portuguese, okay, and um, he needs some help with just understanding some of these concepts in the law. You know, I told him at the same time he's doing these um, these rituals, he needs to say prayers, prayers from his heart. If there's no one else who can give him the, the, the proper prayers to say, then he has to, like Psalm says, bring me a new psalm, bring me a new song. Okay, put it in your heart and say these prayers while they're doing this ritual, you know. 
But um, if there's anyone out there, like this young man who has, you know, throwback, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's still on fire, Jimmy Otto. I'm so sure he's still on fire. But if you could reach out to him, tell him get in touch with me or whatever, I would definitely appreciate somebody taking taking up the torch for these for this young man in um in Brazil and helping him along his journey. May the Most High bless us and keep us and guide us in the spirit of oneness and unity, understanding and knowing that we are all the Creator's children. And we are one. Hallelujah. Told her my sister to call us out there, and we someone is hearing your plea. And I thank you for your word. We have one more thought before we get into the Torah minded segment. So we'll hear from our pro Kaisiba. You heard the plea, everybody. A young man needs to help. All right, our co Kaisiba. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. I'm having a difficult time hearing you. Well, I won't keep. I won't keep this uh, long. I'll make this very short. I just found the confirmation for me absolutely overwhelming and profound when he read the same 51 Psalms that I read. So I don't know what that means in my life, and I'm just looking forward to uh, the most high unfolding it for me. So, Todaya, everybody have a blessed Shabbat. Okay, I hope I adjusted the sound there. And, um, yeah, that's what we've been talking about, the double psalm readings all day. And uh, the confirmation in the in the message uh, all day. If this is confirmation day, everybody, welcome to the Shabbat. This is confirmation Shabbat. If you haven't had one before, this is it. We've read Psalm 24 twice on this line this morning. Psalm 51 twice on this line this morning. Um, we had no idea that we were going to read Psalms 135 twice on this line this morning. And then the message of the Spirit of the Most High, that has been the theme unknowing, unbeknownst to anyone on this line. We didn't get up and say, I announced the topic for the day. It didn't go that way. So we have to continue in the Ruach of Elohim. That is our confirmation. If we continue to follow the spirit of the Most High, we won't go wrong. We'll end up in the right place. So you are in the right place. Shabbat Shalom. Welcome to all that just joined us on the line, trying to figure out what segment are we in. Well, we're about to enter into the Torah-minded segment, where you'll hear a summarized portion, very detailed by our brother, Mori Uziah. I thank the Most High for his life and for all those that have a part here on this prayer line, whether you are vocal or whether you are a silent listener. I pray that the Creator will continue to bless, keep, and inspire you. Here is Torah Mind. Shabbat Shalom, family. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has set the world in their heart. Yet so that man cannot find out the work that Elohim has done from the beginning even to the end. Come and 
conference. The host has joined the conference. I tell you what, this is a, a testimony to how the adversary works double hard when you are happy, when you are on point, when everything seems to work perfectly, and he tries to throw the stumbling block or the problem in front of you, but we will not let that stop us. Everything was going so well, then it kicked me off the line, disrupted the side, got the wrong everything going. But we're going to switch that up real quick. Just be patient. And um, this is my motto. If we don't stay patient, we will become patient. So I don't want us to lose it. This is all about timing. So let's get back on track, give Sarah a second, and we'll be right back. I appreciate you all being patient. Thank you so much. You're right, you're in the right place. It's just giving us an opportunity to think, meditate, say some good things to ourselves. I am beautiful. I am worthy. I am patient. I will not become a patient. has found the proper portion that skipped away from him, have no idea how it happened. Uh, so I'm going to let the recording play. We're probably at that point where we're thanking Dota. When we are out of our comfort zone, let us make sure 
that our thoughts are still glorious, beautiful, full of splendor, magnificence, praise, honor, pride, and joy for Jehovah our power. Hallelujah. Nehalelujah. Hallelujah. for that reminder, my beloved brother. May the Creator continue to bless you and keep you as well as your entire family. Giving thanks for the segments yet to come. Thank the Most High for the health spot by Gavir Adira. I thank the Most High for the announcements by Azalia Batlewi. I thank the Most High for Saw's Corner by Saw Nehemiah and Benny Fani. I thank the Most High for Imaru Hama, our afternoon songs. I thank the Most High. Last but not least, I thank the Most High for all the silent listeners. Because even though you don't speak, I truly feel your spirit. Hallelujah. Mehalelujah. This week's Torah portion has a theme of Wayera. Wayera means, and I appear. Wayera is the first word spoken by the Most High in this week's Torah portion when you read it in the Hebrew. This week's portion is the 14th Torah readings, and it constitutes the book of Exodus, known in our ancient tongue of Hebrew as Shemot, which means names, and this is indeed the book of names. And this portion will constitute the sixth chapter of that book, the second verse, and it will read through the ninth chapter in the 35th verse. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But before we get into the portion, let us all come up to speed. Let's have a quick review of last week's lesson. In last week's Torah portion, we discussed the Egyptian captivity of the children of Israel, the beginning stages of that cat. We also discussed the birth of Moshe, our beloved prophet. May the Most High bless his memory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We also discussed how Moshe was a fugitive in the land of Midian. We discussed how Moshe had a divine revelation by way of the burning bush. We also discussed how the signs provided by Yehoah our power for our beloved prophet Moshe, which shows that the Creator was indeed in every step of Moshe's divine calling. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We also discussed how Moshe leaves Yithro and Zipporah, circumcised their son. We also discussed how Moshe returned to Egypt to demand the freedom of his people. We discussed how Moshe told the people of his divine calling. We discussed how the bondage was intensified due to that divine calling. This lets us know that sometimes things will get a little worse before it gets any better, but we must stay the course. We must continue to give praise on and glory into our power and walk in his righteous laws because we will prevail. We are the seed of Yaakov, of Yisrael. And it was he who strove with Yah and men and still prevailed. We're made of the same thing. We too can prevail, no matter how tough our situation may be at this very moment. We also discussed last week how the Most High promised deliverance for his people in spite of the intensified state of their bondage. Hallelujah. To give us an overview of this week's lesson, Shabbat Wayera, we'll discuss how the Almighty remembers the covenant made with the patriarchs, Abraham, Yitzchak, or Yaakov. We'll discuss how the Most High tells Moshe to demand the release of the chosen people. We'll discuss how the chief men of Israel are also mentioned 
We'll discuss how Moshe and Aharon are divinely appointed. We'll discuss the first seven plagues of Egypt. We'll discuss how Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he refused to let the people go. To jump right into the summary for the week, we'll begin. So, of course, in Wayera, in the sixth chapter of the book of Exodus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The name Yehoah was literally revealed to Moshe in this week's Torah portion. I would also like to reiterate a fun fact revealed during last week's Torah summary. The numerical value of the name Yehoah, Yohewabe, equals 26. Yod is 10. Hey is 5. Wav is 6. Hey is 5. Daddy. That numerical value was 26. And ironically, the divine name of Yehovah was revealed in the 26th generation of mankind. Hallelujah. Nehalelujah. This can be referenced in the Hebrew when you read the book of Exodus, chapter 6, verse 3. The cries and the groanings of the children of Israel was the catalyst and the precursor to the Most High remembering the divine covenant. Remember to cry out into Yehovah your power. The divine covenant of the divinely promised land was reiterated to Moshe as well as expressions of redemption. Crying out to the creator causes him to give ear to our supplications. It causes us to get ready for our redemption. And what is redemption? What does it mean to be redeemed? To redeem is to get back, to deliver from sin, to fulfill a promise, or to restore to favor in the eyes of Yehovah our power. That is how powerful our cries to Yehovah can be and will be and has been. It can cause us to be redeemed. It can cause us to be brought back to the state that Yehovah our power initially desired for us, to be the head and not the tail, to be delivered from the sins and transgressions, to be delivered from the traditions of man, to cause us to once again seek the ancient path and walk therein. This is the fulfillment of the divine promise made to our ancient patriarchs, to Abraham, Yitzchak, to Yaakov. We will be restored to favor again, just as we were in the days of old. The stage was set to witness the outstretched arm and mighty acts of Yehovah, our power, by way of the redemption of Yah's chosen people. In last week's Torah portion, Israel initially believed the word of Yehovah by way of Moshe, but we were easily discouraged because our circumstances got a lot worse before it got any better. Oftentimes when we're having tough situations in life, things tend to get a little worse before it gets better. But we have to stay the course. Let's examine the book of Exodus, chapter 6, verse 9. In this verse, Moshe spoke to the people about their redemption, but they didn't hearken to Moshe. Why? Due to our impatience of spirit. 
as a result of our negative set of circumstances. Due to cruel bondage, we lost sight of the big picture, meaning we couldn't see the vision. Always remember that patience should be a virtue to each and every one of us because time belongs to Yehovah, our power, not to us. The most I works on his time. We should never allow temporary discomfort to cause us to lose sight of the vision as we did in the days of old, nor should we ever allow it to cause us to lose faith in the word of the most high. In the book of Exodus, chapter 6, verse 12, it lets us know that Moshe was discouraged as well as a result of the people's lack of faith. Like Moshe, many of us are discouraged by the skepticism of our people in this day and age. However, we must find the strength and courage to fulfill the will of Yehovah, our power, to expedite the prophecies revealed to those who came before us to bring these things to pass. Moshe lacked confidence as a result of the negative vibrations he received from the people. Be careful of the vibrations that you emit, because oftentimes it's discouraging when it's negative. Sometimes it can break down the strongest man and the strongest woman, your negative energy. Be careful to not discourage your people with your negative vibes. Make certain that you bring a positive aura to your social circle. Because that equates to encouragement, and encouragement equates to a blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In addition, Moshe described himself as Aral Tafakayim. In Hebrew, that means uncircumcised lips. Aru coming from the root, Arel, spelled iron, reish, lamed, meaning closed, forbidden, uncircumcised, or unskilled lips. The Hebrew word used for lips is shafatayim, coming from the root safa, spelled sheen, fei, hey, meaning lips, language, or speech. So Moshe considered his language or his speech to be forbidden or unclean. But why? Because this was a forbidden request to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, God on earth, to his subjects. He was demanding the release of the chosen people. Egypt was not in the business of letting go their servants. That's a part of the reason they became so they became so great due to their forced labor. Their forced labor system within that nation helped to make that nation great. So there was no one that has ever requested the release or demand the release of any servants. Anyone that was ever indebted to be servants to the nation of Egypt. No one has ever done what Moshe has done. He demanded the release of the chosen people by way of the authority of the king of kings, Jehovah Sebaot, which was a foreign concept to Pharaoh, who thought he was God on earth. In spite of Moshe's reluctance, 
both he and Aharon were commanded to bring Yisrael out of the land of Mitzrayim or Egypt. In addition, the Torah makes a point of naming the chief men of Yisrael as well as outlining the pedigree or family records of the various tribes. The book of Exodus, chapter 6, verse 14 through 25, it gives us the pedigree of Reuben, Shimon, and Lewi. But the Torah makes a point of meticulously naming the descendants of Lewi to the fourth generation. Why? The book of Exodus, chapter 6, verse 16 through 25, gives us the names of Lewi, Kohat, Amram, and Moshe. These names equal the four generations of service, of slavery, in a strange land, which was divinely spoken to Abraham of In the book of Bereshit, or Genesis chapter 15, verse 13. So this was divine prophecy coming to pass by way of the tribe of Leu. Hallelujah. Mehalelujah. The other significant names mentioned are Gershon, Kohat, Merari, Korah, Nadab, Abihu, Elazar, Ithamar, and Pinchas. The names mentioned are all names of extreme significance as we continue reading the book of Shemot as well as the book of Numbers. While reading the book of Shemot, it's important to remember that Shemot is the book of names. And the names mentioned in this book are key names in the history of Yah's chosen people. And with those names bring about key events and key principles that are associated with the story of their lives things that we are all supposed to learn from. Also remember, this book, a part of its mission was to mention that the most important name ever to be known or pronounced by man was revealed to all of humanity by way of Moshe. And that name is Yod, Hey, Wav, Hey, Yehovah, our power. Todayah, hallelujah. In this portion, Aharon performed a wonder with his staff. In the book of Exodus, chapter 7, verse 9. Now, for many years, many of us have been taught that Aaron's staff in this particular verse was turned into a serpent or a snake. But in the book of Exodus, chapter 7, verse 9, when you read it in the Ivri, it says that his staff was turned into a tamim. Those of us who know the Hebrew language know that tanim is not the word used for serpent or snake. Tanim is spelled taf, noon, yod, noon. But in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew language, we know tanim to mean crocodile. And what's the significance of this? See, this is important. This is an important fact to know because it allows us to see the all-encompassing view of what's really transpiring in this week's Torah portion. It's important to know that the Egyptians worshipped a crocodile deity. And I will not pronounce the name of that deity in accordance with the book of Exodus, chapter 23, verse 13. Our creator told us to be careful to do everything that he said. And do not invoke the names of other deities. Do not let them be heard from our lips. Why is that? 
Because if we don't utter the names of these deities, there's no way that we can give praise, honor, and glory to them. What I, what I will do is I will spell the name of this crocodile deity so that you can cross-reference the information I'm relaying to the family at this time. Because you should never just listen to a teacher. You should never just listen to someone who's bringing forth information without cross-referencing that information so that you can know whether or not you should store it in your mental Rolodex. The Egyptians worshipped a crocodile deity by the name of O-B-E-K. Again, that is S-O-B-E-K. We all know that crocodiles are extremely vicious reptiles, and they, they wreak havoc on Egyptians who primarily traveled on the Nile River, which was infested with crocodiles. The Egyptians prayed to this deity in hopes of receiving protection from crocodile attacks along the Nile River. They also erected altars to this deity in the most heavily infested areas along the Nile River. But the most important piece of info about this deity, this crocodile deity, was the fact that the Egyptians attributed their story of creation to the crocodile deity, spelled S-O-B-E-K. It is said in Egyptian history and culture and customs that this deity, this crocodile, allegedly came out of the Nile to create them. What does that sound like to you? Doesn't that sound like the theory of evolution that they try to force down our throat in modern-day science? Which lets us know that this modern system of man and the knowledge that they try to force-feed us with, they've borrowed it from places like the idolatrous nation of Egypt. Now, that's not to belittle the advanced mathematics and science that was found within the Egyptian culture. But what we do know about the Egyptian culture and about their heritage is that they were idolaters several time o- times over. They were extreme nature worshipers, which goes against everything that the creator called Abraham for. He called Abraham to reveal the concept of monotheism to all of mankind. Now, of course, the Egyptian culture and society outdates the calling of Abraham. And many comedic scholars, they want to say simply because it outdates the Torah and the calling of Abraham that their culture and society is the right way. But longevity of your society how ancient it is does not mean that your way of life is morally correct. It does not mean that their religion is the right way to live. We clearly see that engaging in idolatry is against the laws of Yahuwah, our power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Therefore, in the first sign displayed by Aaron with his staff, he's demonstrating the superiority of our creator, Yehovah, in comparison to the deity or false creator of the Egyptians. The divine power and wisdom of the Most High surpassed that of Pharaoh, his sorcerers, his magicians, and their deity by swallowing or consuming their rods. But yet again, Pharaoh's heart was hardened. That was not enough for him. 
Pharaoh's heart being hardened is a very consistent theme. In the clock, the rise in action, the climax, as well as the resolution of the exodus. But what does it really mean? Exactly what does it mean when the Torah makes mention of someone's heart? The word used to describe Pharaoh's heart was Levo. The heart of him, spelled with the Hebrew letters Lamed and Bait, which is the root of Lebo. The Hebrew root Lebo, or heart, is synonymous with Pharaoh's mind, the Pharaoh's thoughts, the Pharaoh's desires. Just a little technical difficulty. We're going to give Maury an opportunity to resume. Give us a moment. So, like we, I was disconnected. I do apologize. Uh, for the for the break and our communication, Hallelujah, But again, exactly what does it mean when the Torah makes mention of someone's heart? The word used to describe Pharaoh's heart again was libo, or the heart of him, spelled with the Hebrew letters Lamed and Beit, which is the root of libo, the Hebrew root lev, or the word lev, or heart. They're synonymous with Pharaoh's mind, with Pharaoh's thoughts, with Pharaoh's desires. So the Hebrew word used to describe what was done to Pharaoh's heart is kazak, spelled ket zayim kuf, which was translated as hardened. But it truly has a multifaceted definition. Kazak is to strengthen or to encourage to cause to grow firm, to prevail, or to become mighty. Now, this is what's happening to Pharaoh's heart. This is what's happening to Pharaoh's mind. This is what's happening to his thoughts and his desires. So, in essence, the most I cause Pharaoh to become strengthened, encouraged, to grow firm, to prevail, and to become mighty in his own mind, in his own thoughts and his own desires, which equals insight to the specific state of mind of Pharaoh, meaning he became conceited, he became arrogant, he became prideful, which speaks volumes to Pharaoh's ego, and the ego is something that we all have to watch out for. It's something that we all have, but it's something that we have to keep in check. This speaks directly to Pharaoh's psyche, there are three parts of the psychic apparatus, the id, the ego, and the superego. The id is the set of uncoordinated, instinctual, mental trends we experience. The ego is the organized or realistic part of our mental process. 
the superego plays the critical and moralizing role of your mind. All of these aspects of Pharaoh's thoughts were compromised due to his desires, due to his yearnings that were against the will of the creator. This is why we must control the ego because oftentimes the ego will take us off of the path of righteousness as it did with Pharaoh. Oftentimes the ego will work against the will of the creator like it did with Pharaoh. Oftentimes when we allow that to happen, we will be utterly destroyed as it was with Pharaoh. The ego is a person's self-esteem or self-importance. It's a natural thing that we all have once again. It is the part of the mind that mediates between the conscious and the unconscious and is responsible for reality, testing, and a sense of personal identity. But without the attribute of humility, an ego can grow to the point of obstructing the big divine picture. It will more than likely lead to an individual having an overly high opinion of themselves. An inflated feeling of pride as it relates to this superiority over others can and will become a detriment to your personal and spiritual relationship with the creator. This is why we have to check the ego. We have to check our own egos. No one else can do that for us. So it requires introspection. Looking within, comparing your thoughts, your desires, your yearnings, your actions, your speech, to the laws of the creator, to the wisdom of the most high. The Proverbs say that pride and arrogancy is the evil way. And this can be referenced in the eighth proverb. The, the Proverbs also likens haughtiness to an abominable act, which can be referenced in the sixth proverb. So to allow your ego to be out of control is an abomination to Yehovah our power. Guess what else is known as an abomination? A man laying with another man? Homosexuality? That's an abominable act. So your haughtiness, your ego, your arrogancy, your excessive pride can make you just as unclean as a homosexual in the presence of Yehovah our power. But the Creator calls us all to look within and correct our flaws as it relates to the ego so that we can find favor with Yahuwah our power, so we can be considered as clean sons and daughters of the Most High. An inflated ego due to pride and arrogancy is exactly what plagued the mindset of Pharaoh. Remember, Pharaoh's position in reference to the people of Egypt was that of God on earth. This is why Pharaoh was not allowed to execute sound judgment, because he had to be humbled in the sight of his people, because of what he represented to his people, as well as the surrounding nations. Always remember the fact that when we transgress excessively in the sight of the people, we then force the divine judgment of the Most High to be executed upon us in the sight of those same people. Stop by me, Yehovah. 
Would you have mercy on us all? Pride is synonymous with the ego. And the only way to keep pride and arrogancy to a minimum is to embrace the attribute of humility, which acts as kryptonite to the malignant characteristics, which plagues Pharaoh, and which plagues us all from time to time. We all have a little bite of the ego bug from time to time. And it's a beautiful thing to have people in your circle that can help you to see yourself in the mirror. But ultimately, it's your job to see your flaw as it relates to your ego. Only you know in certain situations whether or not your ego is out of control. Oftentimes, we can give lip service to make you think that we are the most humble individuals you will ever see. But in the back of our minds, our egos can be going crazy. Ego can be on steroids in the back of your very own mind, even though you give lip service to the people as if you're humble. I've experienced that before. I'm sure many of us on this line have experienced that before as well. We must humble ourselves before our creator, Yehoah Sevaot. We must truly look within and pull the reins on our ego. Pull it back. Make sure that we are truly and sincerely humble before Yehoah, our power, and before his people. As a result of Pharaoh's pride and the sins perpetuated by him and his people, they brought about the divine judgment of Yah by way of plagues. Many of us cause plagues to be placed upon ourselves because of our ego in modern times. This Torah is still very much applicable. Many people will tell you that the Old Testament is outdated. It's no longer valid. I beg to differ. This is the only testament. There's no new testament. This week's Torah portion outlines the first of seven plagues, which serve as a sign to the omnipotency, the power, the might, and the superiority of the Most High in comparison to any deity, specifically the deities of Egypt. Therefore, each plague served as a divine personal attack upon the people of Egypt and the various deities of their land. As discussed in last week's portion, the Nile River was also worshipped as the father of all deities in the land. And this is why the book of Exodus chapter 7 verse 20 brings about plague number one. And plague number one was the Mosai turning the river Nile to blood. The deity name of the river Nile was a deity spelled H-O-P-I. It's also spelled H-A-P-I. And it's depicted by a woman wearing a crown of reeds and ostrich feathers accompanied with a gazelle known as the nourisher of the fields. Why was this deity known as the nourisher of the fields? This was due to the annual inundation or flooding of the Nile River upon the land of Egypt. Because remember, when this river now flooded over into the lands of Egypt, it fertilizes the fields. But instead of them giving praise, honor, and glory unto one supreme intellect, the one that has created all things, Jehovah, what did they do? They attributed 
their fertile lands to their deity, the Nile River. Remember, they were idolaters several times over. This portion will give you ammunition to refute the kinetic movement that's happening all over all around us right now. There's many people who are ascribing to this Egyptian philosophy, this comedic understanding of worshiping nature, worshiping deities, and using the ankh to represent life. But what does the ankh represent? It represents life to the deities of Egypt. So it's something that we can't wear. It's something that we should never put around our necks or use as a symbol of our spirituality. It's not a part of our divine culture, our divine legacy, our divine heritage. And again, the nation of Egypt was very advanced in science and mathematics. But what they lack is true spirituality. What they lack is the true concept of monotheism. What they lack was paying homage to Yehovah, our power, the one true power of all that exists. So no matter how advanced your civilization is as it relates to math and science, without the creator, you are not. You are nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the book of Exodus chapter 8 was plague number 2, was the plague of frogs. And the deity name for the frogs was spelled H, like Harry. E is an echo. K. E-T. Again, the deity name for the frogs was spelled H-E-K-E-T, which was the goddess of childbirth, the goddess of creation, the goddess of grain germination. It was depicted as a frog or a woman with the head of a frog, portraying her connection with water. Of course, we know that frogs are amphibious creatures. They dwell on water and land. But this portrayed this deity's connection with the water. And we know that frogs have a connection with water because they're amphibious creatures once again. And the priestess of this deity was trained to be the midwives in the land of Egypt. That makes sense. Things associated with water. Water is associated with life. Midwives of Egypt. Is represented through this deity, H-E-K-E-T. Again, instead of them paying homage to the maker and creator of all things, the supreme intellect of all that exists, they're paying homage to nature. Instead of giving praise to the creator, they gave praise to the creation, which is something that many of us are still doing in this day and age, even in the modern-day version of Christianity. Instead of them praising the creator, they are praising the creation. They're praising a man. They're giving honor and glory into a man, not into the making creator of heaven and earth, the seas and all in them that exist. Let us learn from the mistakes of those who came before us. Let us learn from the mistakes of our contemporaries. Let us make sure on the righteous path, the ancient righteous path. Stand at the crossroads and look and make that decision to seek the ancient path of righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Plague number three was the plague of gnats, lice, 
or life. Now, this deity's name was G-E-B. Again, G like green, E like echo, B like boy. And was thought to represent the earth. This is why Aharon stretched out his hands and smote the dust of the earth to initiate the plague in the book of Exodus, chapter 8, verse 16. It's represented by a goose. Plague number three could not be duplicated by the magicians and sorcerers of Egypt. So this is where God starts to make a separation. Remember, being holy is to be separate. And God is showing that we are indeed his holy people because he's now making a separation. All the plagues up until this point. But it's taking place in all of the land. But now everyone can clearly see that a separation was made. Now these plagues are only going to impact the nation of Egypt, but not going to impact the Hebrews who reside in the land of Goshen. Here's the separation. It's what it means to be holy, to be separate, to be set aside from that which is common and secular. It was common for the nation of Egypt to be subjected to these plagues, but God is now making a division, making a separation. Plague number four was the plague of flies. This deity was spelled K-H-E-P-R-I. K-H-E-P-R-I. That was the deity's name. That was the spelling. The Egyptian god of resurrection. Isn't that a familiar concept? And that's something that we hear all throughout Christian mythology, Christian dogma. Christianity is what was forced to us as slaves. We're no longer slaves. We're no longer on plantations. Christianity is a melting pot of idolatry. They borrowed concepts from Egypt and forced it down our throats. We are no longer slaves. We can refute these things with the word of the creator in the history of his chosen people. Plague number four was a plague of flies. K-H-E-P-R-I, the deity name. That's the spelling. The Egyptian God of Resurrection. During plague number four, separation was made between Israel and Mitzrayim. And the Israelites of Goshen were no longer subjected to the plagues of the land, which was the beginning of our mixed multitude. Why? How do I know that? Let's use some deductive reasoning. If you were an Egyptian and you noticed that the plagues are now only affecting your people, but it's not affecting the people who lived in the land of Goshen, known as the Hebrews, where would you go? Where would you run to? I would run to where the plagues were not impacting the people. And this is how we began our mixed multitude of individuals. And we can discern that through deductive reasoning. Not everything is spelled out word for word in our holy scriptures, but when we truly meditate on certain things, we can clearly see between the lines the gray areas. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The book of Exodus chapter 9 is plague number 5. There was the moraine of beasts. The cows were sacred to the Egyptians. They even worshipped the cow. The cow goddess was H-A-T-H-O-R. Again, the spelling of the cow goddess's name was H-A-T-H-O-R. This was the goddess of love and protection. 
which represents the embodiment of two major deities of the land of Egypt. The deity spelled P-T-A, again, P-T-A, as well as the deity known as R-A. R-A. Now, plague number six was a plague of boils. The boils were an attack on the goddess of sexuality, Quad Shu, which sounds awfully close to Quadosh. But we know Quadosh is holy. We know these deities of Egypt, the sexual goddess deities of Egypt, were not holy, but they considered it holy which gives you an insight to the type of sexual immorality that was plaguing this people as well. Remember, they were descendants of Ham. They were Hamites. And remember what Ham's flaw was before the Creator. Remember that he uncovered his father's nakedness, which means he did something sexually immoral with his father's wife which is something that we know that's against divine law, statutes, and commandments. And these are his descendants, which lets us know that if we don't correct certain flaws within our bloodline, it'll manifest into something even more wicked in the years to come, in the generations to come. The boils were an attack against the goddess of sexuality. So Q... A-D-S-H-U, and forgive me if I did utter the name of that particular deity. Please have forgiveness on me. It's spelled Q-A-D-S-H-U. These were the temple harlots, the temple whores of Egypt. So in the worship of their deities, it consisted of having sex in their temples. In the presence of their deities, they were considered the clean ones. The harlots of the land were considered the clean ones. Imagine that. Imagine the type of immoral, immoral sexual desires these people had. They were considered the clean ones or the holy ones of Egypt. The harlots. The boils would have rendered them unable to perform their sexual deeds or functions which boils in the most unthinkable parts of their anatomy. It was an attack on another deity as well, known as ISIS, the deity of medicine and peace. It was also an attack against two additional deities. So the Most High is knocking out two, three, four deities in one play, bringing this place to its knees. Another deity that this plague of boils knocked out was the deity known as I am hyphen H-O-T-E-P. And the deity spelled S-E-K-H-M-E-T. So the Most High is knocking out four deities in one with plague number six. What a mighty power we serve. Hallelujah. Nehalelujah. And then plague number seven. The Egyptians had deities that allegedly controlled weather and another that dealt with chaos. The divine hailstorms 
of Egypt showed the inhabitants of Egypt that Yahweh Sabaoth controlled the weather and not their sky god, spelled N-U-T. N-U-T was their sky god. The god of weather. God of chaos. They also had another deity that was knocked out with plague number seven and spelled S-H-U. This was the god of cooling, the god of calm, the god of good air. They had another deity knocked out. Their deity, this deity was spelled T-E-F-N-U-T. T-E-F-N-U-T. This was the deity of moisture. They had another deity knocked out with plague number seven. What in the most eyes powerful? This deity was spelled S-E-T-H. Also associated with chaos and thunder. So plague number seven was the most grievous of hailstorms. It smoked through man and beast alike. And it was hailed with fire in the midst of ice which lets you know that this was something divine happening from the heavens because fire and ice don't dwell together. But in in this hailstorm, we had ice dropping from the sky with fire in the midst of the ice. And we see what normal little pebbles of hail can do to our cars in a hailstorm. Could you imagine these huge ice pieces falling out of the sky and in the midst of it, fire? What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty power we serve. All praise, all honor, all going to the Holy One of Israel. These first seven plagues destroyed the land of Egypt. The land of Egypt probably looked like a nuclear bomb hit it after these first seven plagues. on their land. And it was all because of our creator. And he did it all because of us. So Yah for divine love. So Yah for the benevolence bestowed upon us as a people in the days of old. We owe Yah so much. We owe Yah our acknowledgement of appreciation. We owe the creator our thanks. We should be thankful for what he's done for us in the days of old. We should continue to be thankful for all that he does now. And we should be thankful for the prophecies revealed to the ancient ones, which tells us of the things that will come to pass for those who are striving for righteousness. Hallelujah. Mehaleluyah. And the half Torah of the week, the Torah portion of Yera. It can be found in the book of Ezekiel, Yekeskwel in Hebrew. Ezekiel means... Yah will strengthen. Oh, that Yah. Hallelujah. May Hallelujah. There's power even in the name of that prophet. And that was a part of his message. So let us know that Yah will strengthen us as a people, as a nation. Yah will strengthen our righteousness. Yah will strengthen us as individuals as well as a collective unit. And that is a part of the divine message that was brought by way of the prophet Ezekiel. And the thing that he came to prophesy about has yet to come to pass. So how do we get to a New Testament? 
and the old words have yet to be fulfilled. Thank Yisrael. Because we have many Hebrews that are striving to this Christian dogma. And they're calling J.C., they're calling him Yeshua. And thinking that because they pronounce his name in Hebrew, that they're doing something righteous. But this is still idolatry to the fullest. The words of the prophet Ezekiel have yet to come to pass. In this entirety, so how dare we look to another book? How dare we look to the New Testament, which our adversaries added to our righteous scriptures? That's blasphemy. That's immoral. Our beloved prophet Ezekiel, he was the priest. He was of the priestly family, like his predecessor Jeremiah, meaning he was a Levite. He was from the Levitical family. The Most High works very strongly within that bloodline. Todayah for that family. Todayah for that tribe, the tribe of Lewi. He's still working through that tribe in this day and age. He's going to bring forth a lot of things to that particular tribe. He flourished during the Babylonian exile, during captivity. He was taken captive along with Jehoiakim in 597 BCE. His prophetic tenure extended for 20 years, for two decades. Ezekiel's prophetic calling came to him in a vision on the banks of the river Kabar, five years after he came into Babylon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is addressed as Bain Adam, or son of man, to express and emphasize his morality, which lets us know that a prophet of the Most High is nothing more than a son of man, a son of Adam. We should never give our praise, honor, and glory unto a man that we consider a prophet. We pray to who the prophet prayed to, which was Yehoah, oh, we pray to the entity that the prophet received his divine message from which was Yehoah, oh, our oppressors have taught us the idea of praying to a prophet. We should reject everything that our oppressors have ever taught us, because how dare we ever think that they would give us something that would ever be beneficial to our spirituality, to our relationship with the true and living power, when they clearly don't acknowledge that power. Think about it, Yisrael. Throw away that New Testament. Throw away the slave master's doctrine. Stick to the old ancient past, the Tanakh, the Torah, the Nevi'im, the Ketubim. The Torah is the instructions. The Nevi'im is the divine prophecies. The Hebrew prophets, not apostles. There's a difference. The Hebrew prophets came with a divine message from Yehovah, our power. They were divinely inspired and commanded to bring forth a divine word to Yah's people. Apostles were followers of a man called Jesus. There's a big difference. The Ketubim, they are divine writings, inspired by Hebrews, men of the Most High. That's the book of Psalms, the book of Proverbs, the book of Ecclesiastes. 
stick with what Yah gave his people. Throw away the slave master's book. Throw away the slave master's doctrine. Throw away the slave master's dogma and mythology. There's no place for it, and I walk without creator. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ezekiel prophesied the siege and fall of Jerusalem, ascribing its downfall to corruption, iniquity, vice, and idolatry of the people. All things that we have to remove in this day and age. Corruption, iniquity, vice, idolatry of the people. That will destroy any nation, but especially a nation that was divinely chosen. May we remove the corruption, the iniquity, the vice, the idolatry from us as the people. In this day and age, the prophet Ezekiel. This testimony that we're going to cover today can be found in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 28, verse 25, through chapter 29, verse 21. Again, that's Ezekiel, chapter 28, verse 25, through chapter 29, verse 21. Hallelujah. Mehalelujah. The Hathor begins with the promise of the, of the restoration of Yisrael. Beautiful message to begin with. The promise of the restoration of the house of Yisrael. In that day, Israel will be sanctified in the sight of the nations, will be made holy, will be cleansed, will be set aside for the specific purpose of serving our power, Jehovah's of our oath, in this day to come. Has that happened yet? No. But slowly but surely, it's coming to pass. It's yet to be fulfilled in its entirety, but slowly but surely, it's coming to pass. Most eyes waking us up all over the world, and that remnant is hopefully bigger than any of us will ever imagine. May the Creator sanctify us, make that remnant big in the sight of all the nations. The Most High will execute judgment on all who have mistreated the children of Israel, namely the nation of Egypt. In the tenth year of Jehoiakim's exile, Zedekiah's reign. The 10th month and the 12th day of the month, the word of the Most High came to Ezekiel against Mitzrayim. But why? Because of Egypt's idolatrous dependency on the Nile River and their treatment of Israel. The river Nile and everything therein was made for the specific purpose of the glory of Yehoah. But this was unbeknownst to the Egyptians. Pharaoh is likened to the crocodile and his people to the fish of the river. The crocodile equates to dominance, rule, and was seen as the creator once again. The people are subjected to the authority and the power of the crocodile. So Egypt had disappointed all who depended on its support during the days of Ezekiel. They disappointed their allies. The most I made sure that that came to pass to lower the state of respect that the surrounding nations had for this nation of Egypt. Man, when the most I put you on his radar to bring you, bring forth judgment upon you, he utterly, he can utterly destroy you. A great nation like Egypt is now a dust ball at this time, in modern times. They were advanced in science and mathematics, but now 
you only see the relics left. You only see the remnants of the great works that they did. Why? Because they didn't acknowledge Yahweh Selah So no matter how great you are and how many talents you have, if you don't put Yah first, you too will become destroyed. You too will be decayed. You too will only have relics left behind of what you could have been or how great you could have been. And that day, Egypt caused their allies to stand alone, which made a new relationship for Egypt and the Eastern world. Because they, because of the Most High, abandoned the people that depended on them and the people that laid in bed with them, the other nations, from Megdal, from Megdal to Syene and to Ethiopia, represents the expanse of the Nile River. Egypt was made desolate for 40 years, and its citizens were displaced. Look at what he did to this great ancient civilization, because they did not want to acknowledge the true and living power, and because of what they did to Yah's chosen people. Remember, Yah will execute judgment on everyone who put their feet upon our throat. Everyone who put their feet on our necks, the Most High has something in store for them. The Most High has never had mercy on their souls. Egypt was debased in the sight of the ancient world, meaning they were made lower in value. They were made lower in dignity on a worldwide scale, but especially to the nation of Israel. Why? Because the Most High did not want us depending on this ancient nation. They were great in the days of old. And everybody depended on them. But the most I wanted us to depend on him exclusively. Not to be yearning to go back to Egypt. Not to lay in bed with Egypt. The most I no longer allowed Egypt to be the ruler of nations. And no longer was Israel allowed to depend on Egypt. It was a sin for Israel to put its trust in Egypt in the first place. Instead of Yehoah Savaot. And this was a major reason Egypt was given to Nebuchadnezzar for plunder. Nebuchadnezzar was a formidable adversary called into action by the Most High. Guess who calls your adversaries into action against you in this day and age? The creator of heaven and earth. So when you have adversaries and spirits coming your way, recognize who's sending it. Apply the concept of introspection. Figure out why the adversary is coming at your gates. Because Yah is sending the adversary for a reason. Egypt's sins against Israel was considered a sin against Yehovah. When people sin against us as a people, they sin against our power. When Egypt's 40-year exile was over, Ezekiel's prophecy was fulfilled. And the Most High could restore Israel, and they would be receptive to the Almighty. Remember, we live in many lands in this day and age. We've been scattered to the four corners of the earth, and many of these lands have committed atrocious acts against Yah's people. Namely, the United States of America, where many of us reside in this day and age. Remember that things are probably going to get a lot worse in this land before it gets any better and before we're called out of this place. Why? Because this land has to suffer for the things 
that is done to God's chosen people. So you better get under your umbrella of protection. And that umbrella of protection is Yahweh. That is the only thing that is going to save us from the imminent danger and judgment that's going to face this place that has done Yah's chosen people so wrong. This is the time to get closer to Yah. We're about to have a fool that's a president of the United States of America where many of us reside. I don't know if y'all watching these polls. I don't know how many of you are into politics. But Donald Trump is probably going to be the president of the United States of America. And man, this man would very well see us back on plantations picking cotton. So we better get ready. In closing, there are several points of reference that I would like to emphasize to improve our spiritual journey of life. Number one, remember the name. Remember the divine name which was revealed to us in Yod Ewabe. Remember the name of Yehoah. Remember the significance of it and what it represents. It equates to past, present, present, future, freedom, independence, fairness, justice, equality, and so much more. The Most High wants his people to be free. Remember that. Remember the Most High wants his people to be free so that they can execute their free will to the best of their ability by serving his high and most holy name. Remember that. Remember. Remember why the name was revealed to us. Remember your divine calling. Number two, confidence. Be confident that you can and will fulfill the calling of your creator. Like I beloved Prophet Moshe, even though he was rattled at the beginning and he wasn't the one volunteering to be the leader, he did a great job. He became confident as time went on. He became confident in the fact that he could fulfill the calling of the Most High, which he, with each plague that he brought, Hope to bring on Egypt. His confidence grew and his relationship with the Creator grew. So that Yah, so that Yah, such a such a, a loving leader like Moshe. Bless these memories. There's so much we can learn from this man. But remember that all praise, honor, and glory goes to the, the Most High, not any of his prophets. There's so much we can learn from this particular prophet. Let us all soak it in like a sponge. Be confident. Be confident in the divine will of your creator. Be confident in fulfilling your divine calling. Number three, fulfill your duties with humility. Fulfill your duty and purpose without the presence of pride, without the presence of arrogance, without the presence of the ego. So fulfill, so fulfill your duties, your divine obligations, your righteous SOP with pride removed, with arrogance removed, with the ego removed. Be humble before Jehovah, your power and his people. Number four, 
patience. Patience. Patience is a virtue. Why? Because time belongs to Yah and not us. We have limited time. We have finite time. The most high is infinite. Do what you can while you're here to advance the divine cause, but be patient in knowing that Yah works on his time. Number five, divine judgment. Divine judgment will be rendered against individuals and nations alike for their transgressions before Yahweh. No one escapes divine judgment. And you have mercy on us all. Number six, learn from the mistakes of others. Learn from the mistakes of Pharaoh. And never allow your mind or thoughts to grow firm become strong, courageous, and mighty against Yehoah Sabaoth and his divine will. Learn from Pharaoh and always yield to the will of Yehoah, our power. Never be stubborn against the will of the Most High. Number seven, rise above adversity. Rise above adversity like our forefathers versus Egypt. Adversaries will rise up against you at the request of the Most High. But you too can prevail as long as we are circumspect in our resolve to serve Yehovah in truth and in righteousness. Like Aharon and Moshe, never waver from your divine mission in life. Remember your oppressors will be punished. Remember that Mose and Aharon was 80 and 83 years of age when they truly began to live their life. So recognize that it's never too late as long as you have that breath. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In life, a distinction is always made between the righteous and the wicked. Which side are you on? Please continue to meditate in this book of the law and apply the concepts enclosed therein to ensure that you remain poor-minded in your spiritual journey of life. And as always, remember that you are worthy, you are beautiful, you are loved, you are protected and blessed by the best. Your potential is unlimited because your heritage is sacred. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Once again, Moray did a this phone. Once again, Moray did an excellent job. Hallelujah. Toda Rabbah for bringing such life to that history. Isn't it amazing? I still feel like we're in Goshen today, being protected when the Most High is doing some things. And I think Moray was a little prophetic. Didn't he say he thinks uh, Trump is going to be president and he would like to see us back in old days? on the plantation, 
Well, I don't know how prophetic that is. I hope it's not as prophetic as it sounded. But we do know that there is a plan. But we also know this, that the plan of the Almighty is better than the plan of any Pharaoh. And uh, as our sister always says, uh, he loves a great challenge, so bring it on. Well, once again, it was an excellent portion by today, and I pray that we all got something out of it. We're going to move forward to our sister uh, Dara's portion of the day, where we'll hear from her, um, bring us uh, wonderful health, holistic tips, and get us back focused on um, what's going to keep us healthy and keep this Torah settling in our spirits. We all know that we have to feel good in order to be able to do good. And so this is that purpose of having the health spot. So without further ado, I bring you to Adira and the health spot. He calls him with the whisper. And every time you want to hear, and it may feel good. Like you knew you could fly. Making you tired of the thing you knew was good and right. And the back of your lips. What you didn't know was that he's alive. What you said, don't keep on I hope all is well. Praying that the creators blessed your week and you're here on the Shabbat to give glory. Papa Tov. Oh, shoot. Zora, I am told. We got. Yes, yes. Time does fly. Time does fly. Shabbat Shalom, Mishpatati. I am so grateful and honored to be here and um, allowed to speak and put, and, and put this message in your ear this morning, this afternoon. Have a and um, put this message in your ear this afternoon because we are, uh, it's important for us to know that our health is our wealth and giving honor and praises to the glory, our power, our king, our redeemer, our rock. He nurtures us and he gives us the information that we need in order to um, have a better quality of life. It becomes our responsibility to heed that message, incorporate it into our behavior, and to do that which signifies and reflects the glory and the magnificence of the of Most High. So our message this afternoon is about water and hydration. Thanking the Most High for the voice of Queen Makeda, her um, her music resonates the power of um, understanding food, understanding water, understanding the importance of uh, making sure that we're very circumspect 
about what goes into our temple. Her music um, resonates that spirit, that spirituality of food that we tend to uh, disconnect ourselves from because we are trying to be appeased with flavors and um, convenience and whatever else comes with that, you know. But we have to be very circumspect about our food because it resonates spirituality. It resonates um, the components that are inside that food. It becomes you. And that's why you have the cliche, you are what you eat. Because the food that you're eating um, becomes you. You are built, your cells are built based upon whatever you're eating. So if you're eating Reese's Cups, if you're eating um, a whole bunch of sugar, or um, if you're eating three chicken wing french fries, if you're eating a whole bunch of processed food, a whole bunch of contaminated meat, then your body will become that contamination. Your body will become everything that you're eating. So this piece, this portion, this segment called the house spot, helps just to um, make you more aware of the spirituality of food and the oneness of that food and the synergy of that food with your body. So the creator created food not only to um, not only to entertain you but to sustain you. What we do now is we eat food merely for entertainment, wholly for entertainment. And we have to get away from that because there are whole um, organizations, businesses, scientific um, organizations that have been built and dedicate themselves to enhancing flavors and food that make you addicted to them. And these um, components, these chemical flavor enhancers, colors, dyes, uh, different things of that nature um, become uh, uh, lodged in our system, in our gut, in our brain, and they cause all kinds of problems in and throughout our system. So this um, segment helps you to be educated and more aware of what you're eating. Today we're going to talk about Mines, kinds, the waters of life, and why water is so important to you, and why your thoughts and your words resonate in and throughout that water, and why why that is important to you. So um, I did just recently a presentation on vibration with a specialist that um that 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 uh practices sound bowls meditation through sound bowls crystallized bowls and these vibrations and how they change 
the water. And so did a little research behind that vibration and um, why they're very important for us to uh, be mindful of, just like the just like the the food you know resonates spirit. We have to be careful of the vibrations that we um, expose ourselves to, because those vibrations change components in our water, change components in our food, change components in our environment, and ultimately changes us. That's why it's important that we watch what we listen to. We um, cut certain things off, you know, that might impact our um, psyche. So don't want to listen to certain music that takes us um, to an evil place, to an unhappy place, resonates um, evil or whatever. We want to listen to music that inspires us, that uh, allows us to create, allows us to explore, allows us to think and to, and to strategize and to elevate. So same thing with food. You know, we have to be mindful of the food and the water that takes us to a place of elevation. Now, um, in Leviticus 15 and 13 and, and several other um, verses after that, most high is attributed to um, the characteristics in water, okay? And in Jeremiah 2 and 13, and if you also read Jeremiah 7 and 13, we find that water is associated with life and the eternal of living waters. So we want to be careful to select good water for ourselves and our family. We want to be careful to pray over our water, to resonate good words and sounds and, and um, um, spiritual awareness of our water. I did more research and I looked to see where there were um, studies about this water and the transformation of water, and I found this. Um, a study that was done by, by a Japanese experimenter a Japanese researcher, his name, um, researcher and healer, Dr. Masaru Emoto. He conducted experiments on water molecules. Now, these experiments showed human thoughts and intentions physically altered the molecular structure of the water. Specifically, the water crystals were altered simply through conscious intention. Waters with bottles, waters from bottles labeled with positive messages had intricate structures and diamond-like reflectiveness when frozen and magnified. So they actually took the water, exposed it to thoughts and vibrations and an environment of love and positive things resonating through words, you know, that were placed upon the um, labeled um, onto the water bottles. Those words 
actually changed the molecular structure of the water when it was frozen to resonate beautiful crystallized structures. These crystallized structures, when you magnified them, look like snowflakes, beautiful, symmetrical snowflakes. So Dr. Emoto demonstrated that words have a vibration and will alter the structure of water crystals. He found that uplifting, positive, and encouraging words created beautiful, balanced, and symmetric crystals. Conversely, destructive, hateful, and evil words had the opposite effect on the water crystals. The visual evidence is breathtaking. And they show you pictures here of both scenarios where the water was um, where the water was presented with good words, good thoughts, good intentions, good vibrations, and then where the, word, where the words were exposed to evil intentions and vibrations and how they looked when they were magnified. Now, we use the transformational power of words every day. You control this incredible force because your thoughts become your words. You are the master of your ship, guiding it to safe lands of prosperity, abundance, happiness, and freedom. Choose your words wisely and be the agent of positive change in a world that desperately needs you. Using words is a major key in what we do. It is everything implemented into everything, boldly and subtly, subtly in our daily lives. We believe in the power of words as we constantly see hopeful and uplifting words. Influence brings change hope, and joy. By changing the words we think, we speak, we act, we write, we listen, we read, and we wear, we create an ideal life. So wear your words. This is so crucial and critical. The wearer and those around them will be empowered by the life-giving messages and the words of encouragement. And why do I say that? As I'm skipping through this article, I'm reading certain, certain things. So why do I say that? When you wear your words, your spirit, your intentions, your vibrations actually jump from you to others. And you have the power to change people. You, your spirit, your aura, your energy. So you become the conductor of change just by wearing your words. So choose your words wisely. Now it says, um, goes on to say, these words are woven into the fabric as a constant reminder of what is more important in life. Think about the words you wear and the words you see others wear. You will have the upper edge when you are wearing positive messages containing words of power and strength. Hallelujah. That article was the effect of words on water. Now, I have another article here for you, and then there was an article um, uh, based upon where we can find the script, scriptural references that I mentioned. So it says here, um, we're given instructions for purification so the individuals who leave the community because of illness and impurity may re-enter safely. Not surprisingly, fresh water is essential to the process. In Leviticus 15 and 13, it says, He shall, that, that, that bathe his body in Mayim 
kind, and he shall be clean. The Hebrew phrases, mayim kind, translates as living waters. These waters are indeed the waters of life. The sense of the idiom, according to modern translator Robert Alter, is that the water is not stagnant, but flowing, either from a spring or from a river. Such is the same for your energy. Your energy flows from you, and it can change the water molecules in other people. We are like 80% water, more than 70% water. So the energy that we resonate can change people. So we have to be mindful of this and, you know, just take the words and read them and think outside of the box. What does this mean to how we live our lives? What does this mean to how we um, select our food and our water? That's what this water out here is contaminated, and we have to learn how to clean it. But don't only be concerned with cleaning it. Put some labels on that water, love, joy, happiness, um, um, ascension, beautiful, life, Elohim, powers of love and kindness, devotion. Put labels all over the place in your house, all, all over the place on, on, your, on your containers. And you can't get, you know, just as creative as you want to or just as base as you want to. But understand and know that everything is energy. And that energy, when you really look at it, can change things. We are the, um, we are the progenitors of that energy. We can, we can give positive and creative energy or we can give destructive and, and, and abusive and, you know, energy that tears things apart. Look at the scenario in um, the walls of Jericho. The energy that resonated from the power of those words tore down those walls. So be mindful. It goes on to say, this particular article goes on to say, while water's function of carrying disease away from the camp is central to the um, parasha, the phrase living waters also provides a description of what the water brings to the community. The words living waters convey how essential Clean, fresh water is to all people. It provides for sanitation and health, both in treating illness and preventing it. Okay? And um, the word when is used repeatedly to introduce the instructions for healing. Okay? In Leviticus 15, 12, 13, 16, 19, 25, and 28. This phrasing calls us to ensure that we can treat illness as well as prevent it as much as possible. So water is essential in our very makeup. Water is essential in um, being there for us to help us, to clean us, to ritually restore us. You know, 
ritually restore us. So be mindful that you are taking in good water. Be mindful that you are putting an energy into that water that resonates truth and justice. So it goes on to say the lack of clean water endangers the health of economic and economic well-being of more than a third of developing world nations. According to the United Nations, 2.6 billion people, 42% of the world's population, lack access to basic sanitation. This results in preventable child and adult death and disease and expands the division between rich and poor. So we have to be mindful of the water. The Israelites who fell ill became uh, impure with skin afflictions and discharges. They were not neglected by the community, but were rather cared for by the most revered members of the community, the priests. The religious and political leaders themselves stepped out of the Mishkan and walked among the people to engage personally with the lepers. Imagine the implications for our global community if political and religious leaders pay regular visits to those suffering from preventable diseases, to those denied access to sanitation those without living water. Providing a spotlight for the current reality would build political will. It is when leaders step out of their houses of leadership and walk among the community that real that real needs begin to be addressed. That was another um, article that I had for you to keep you mindful about the end the uh, the importance of water in our global community. And here is another one. Talk about dehydration. In the wintertime, there was a man who tried to cross the Antarctica, and um, his name was Henry Worsley. He died. He died trying to cross the Antarctica. But his, his, his death was from dehydration, you know. And you might not think that you need water more in the wintertime, but you do. You need more. You need water all the time and more water in the wintertime because your body is not naturally telling you you need water by perspiring, you know. But your heart needs that water. It it helps your circulatory system, your cardiovascular system, everything to work like it should. And you don't have the cues, the same cues in um, in the wintertime as you would in the summertime, okay? But you can fall ill from dehydration in the wintertime. Losing excessive amounts of body fluid is not usually a hazard associated with cold weather. In fact, most people associate this dehydration with summer heat and humidity. But winter, too, can drain the body of essential fluids for several reasons. In the winter, we tend to go for longer periods without water, not realizing that breathing cold and dry air causes the body to lose significant amounts of fluid. And then you have asthmatics. Asthmatics have huge problems in the um, winter time because of the cold. It goes on to say, when we perspire in cold weather, the sweat turns into vapor and is not directly on our skin, so there are not excessive perspiration that acts as a visual cue for us to drink. In winter, people feel about 40% less thirsty, even though the body's need is the same throughout the year. Because we don't feel thirst 
and um, acute, as acutely as we do in summertime. We're less likely to keep bottles of water handy during cold weather months. Dehydration is a danger for the body, but most people don't realize the hazards it poses to the heart. People become dehydrated if they drink less than eight ounces of water a day. Okay, so I always recommend, always, always recommend in my program um, that people get up drinking water. Get up drinking your water. Your water should be not cold, refrigerated. It should be room temperature. That should break your fast from not eating all night long, from not drinking, rather, all night long. So get up and drink your water. Give your body what it needs right away without any interruption of anything else. And don't worry about brushing your teeth because most people brush their teeth with poison and you're drinking that poison straight down. So no, don't worry about the bacteria that's created in your mouth going into your stomach because that's the part of you and your body knows exactly how to handle that. What it doesn't know how to do is handle the poison that you drink after you brush your teeth. So that's not the way that you start your day. Just drink your water and start your day like that, not by brushing your teeth because you're exposing yourself to poison um, first thing in the morning and you cause your body to go into a tailspin. So be mindful to drink your water in the morning, get it in, get it in throughout the day, but at least you started your day out properly. At least you started your day out on a high level. Make sure that that glass of water, because it should be in a glass, not a plastic bottle, make sure that that glass of water has, a, has wonderful labels on it. You know, put labels on your water of love, um, dignity, dedication, humility, understanding. Write these words down. Write, write them on a tablet. Write them right now. I, I, I challenge everyone listening right now to give me three full words that you can just, that resonate beauty right now, that resonate beauty for you, that resonate love and kindness, understanding, dedication, you know. Um, write these down. Internalize them. Put them on labels and put them all over your house. And make sure you're drinking your water in the wintertime as much as you do in the summertime. Now, to avoid dehydration in cold climates, you take fluids with you before you leave the house. If you don't feel like drinking water, a warm, non-caffeinated drink such as hot tea to help the body stay hydrated might be useful. Drink often, even if you're not thirsty. Remember that certain fluids dehydrate the body. <clears throat> These include alcohol, carbonated drinks, caffeinated drinks. That includes sports drinks and some energy drinks as well. Monitor the color and the amount of urine your body is producing. The urine should be light, yellow, or clear. Your urine should be light, yellow, or clear. If it is dark, drink more water. That's all. It's really as simple as that. You don't have to go running out buying alkaline water and all that other kind of crazy stuff. Put some lime or some lemon into your water and alkaline your water naturally. Um, the, the, the rind of the um, pineapple. Drop the rind in. When you cut your pineapple open, save your core. Save the core of that pineapple. It has so much energy and so, so many different components, nutrients in that rind. Use it to your advantage. 
And also, familiarize yourself with other common symptoms of dehydration, including fatigue, lightheadedness, and even irritability. So in closing, I will um, post these three different articles so that you can read them at your leisure. But be mindful that water is the sustainer of life. It is mine. Kind, the waters of life. And that resonates the spirit of the eternal that is in you, that is you. That's why I love when um, Gavrava Alonia says, the Yah in me loves the Yah in you. Because the Yah is in you. Okay? So make sure that everything that you consume is consumed in righteousness. It's selected in righteousness. When you select your oranges, your 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 um your your, your grapes, your watermelon, make sure that you're selecting these things in righteousness. That they have seeds, because the seeds is the life. And a lot of times we want to skip the seeds because of convenience. I submit to you that convenience is killing us. It's killing us slowly. And then they're killing us more quickly. They're poisoning our air. They're poisoning our earth. They're poisoning our water with fluoride, the air with the chem streams, the earth with the, with the, with the chemical enhancers, both hormones and, you know, what they call miracle glow or whatever, you know, and all of these things that they spray on them for conventional uh, uh, growing our food conventionally, genetically modified foods, fruits and vegetables, we have to be very circumspect. We have to take control of what goes into our body and eat what you grow. Eat what you grow and be a blessing, not only to yourself, but to others. Know that your energy changes things around you. You have the power to do that. Yehoah Eloheinu, Yehoah Erkad. Hallelujah. 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 Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. For such a very informative um, segment on importance of water. Um, and I like that, you know, you're brushing your teeth with all these poisons, so why are you so worried about your own bacterial? I was reading something about natural bacterial and um, unhealthy bacterial and how when you take an antibiotic, it wipes them both completely out and then your body has to build back up. And it, too much taking of antibiotics can cause your uh, your, your gut to leak and yeah, thank you for all that information. I got some of that from you, my sister. Um, but I thought it was pretty awful, the side effects of the things that we use to get us back on track. So the fact that an uh, antibiotic can kill your natural bacteria, then we got to find a way to put it back. So... um 
I think that your health tips, starting with water, that's extremely important, is very, very helpful. And we appreciate you. I'm going to go to the board to see if there's anyone here on the line that like to vocalize their appreciation. And um, like I said, this is some good information. A lot of us heard it before, but some of us, you know, don't think it applies to us, especially when you're talking about winter dehydration. Yeah, most people associate being dehydrated by losing fluid through sweating and things like that, but never really understanding that there's a certain amount of water you're supposed to have every day. I heard that everybody's uh, intake is not the same, and perhaps we might need to um, be concerned about our weight, and whatever our weight is, that's what we're supposed to be intaking, something like that. You can clear it up for me. But there's some good information. We need to know the importance of water, why we're drinking water, and that our bodies are made up of mostly water. Good information. All right, let me see who's on this board. Anybody here? Shalom, shalom. Okay, I don't see any hands in the ear. A good topic, I quote. Any comments, any questions, any concerns? You can raise your hand, star five star, and you will be acknowledged. Okay. Well, we gave everybody ample opportunity. So without further ado, we're going to open the line for open expression. And you can also go back to the prayer line page or Facebook page and see on Shona Williams, she'll update information on what was spoken about and highlighted today on the health spot. In the meantime, we're looking for those that may have a desire to read a psalm, sing praise, glorify the creator, spoken word, whatever it is that uh, you'd like to acknowledge the creator with right now, this is going to be your time. Also, uh, if you have any recommendations for any guest speakers, that's what we're looking for as well. So if you can provide us with name and number, send me an email, kokavia at gmail.com, or you can inbox me on Messenger. And um, I can get in contact with the sister or the brother, the ima or the abba, the young person or the elder, the leader or the follower. If they have a message and it is um, clearly uplifting the people and um, acknowledging the creator, we'd love to hear it. So please give them my information or you give me theirs so that we can start our guest speakers again for this year. All right. So without further ado, uh, the floor is open. Babakusha, feel free to raise your hand so that you can express yourself. This is the expression session. All right, Akota Dara, as usual, you take the lead and give Yah the glory. Yah, Kai, I wanted to answer your question. I was on mute talking, so um, and then I couldn't get this phone to give me a display, and I was wondering why I wasn't being acknowledged. <laughs> so I was telling you um, about your weight. You know, you can, you can calculate a half an ounce to an ounce 
per pound. So um, that's the easy peasy way to do it. You know, if you weigh 150, if you weigh 120, just do 150 ounces or 120 ounces. If you weigh 200 something, do you know do do the math. You can do between a half an ounce up to one ounce for every pound you weigh. So that makes it easy. Okay. Can you hear me? I can hear you. So if it was 150 pounds, how much should somebody, a 150-pound person uh, drink water? How much water should they, that person drink? 150 ounces or, um, you know, you can you can have that, put that in half, like 75, 80 ounces of water a day, gotcha. you know. And if you start out by drinking 10 ounces, 16 ounces of water in the morning, then, hey, you know, you are on your way. You are well on your way. And drink that water. Make sure you're putting those labels on it. <laughs> okay, so what if you drink all that water and it all comes out within that morning and then you're done? You drink all your water in the morning and now it's all you urinated all your water out. Now what? Do you need to drink more? Yeah, you need you need to drink you need to drink more. You need to drink throughout the day and allow your body to metabolize that water throughout the day because there are situations that you'll be exposed to in your environment where you're going to need that water in your system, you know, um, whether it's going to be an extremely cold situation or whether it's going to be a hot situation or, you know, whether you're just exposed in a dry environment. Many of us just sit in offices all day, you know, and just, suck up recycled air. We need to make sure, and there's no vaporizers. They don't consider that at all. Some of these buildings don't even put plants in their buildings, you know, and people are just internalizing these toxins from the carpets and stuff like that. Your body needs to have water. Your body needs to have water, and it's got to be, you know, pure in, in my, you know, in, in my understanding of what water means to the body. You know, I'm I'm taking it from a scriptural reference also. That's why I put um, a few of the scriptures in um, into my into my lecture because the the the, the um, scriptures will tell you the importance of it. That's how important it is. If it's mentioned in the Bible, you know, in the Torah, it's real important. So don't um, don't take that lightly. If food is mentioned in the Torah, it's really important. You know, if prayer and meditation is mentioned in the Torah, that's real important. So we have to stop taking things lightly and thinking that, oh, you know, I'll do this this time and, uh, you know, uh, my body will try to, my body will figure it out. Your body is going to start screaming, you know, uh, you're doing something wrong and you need some help. And that's why the coaching is so important. People think, you know, they don't need help. They can do things on their own. They can figure things out on their own. You need coaching. That's why a lot of our people are so sick because they don't realize how real important these things are, you know, and they don't realize or understand or see things that a coach wouldn't normally see. So um, that's that's why I take my position very seriously when I put these lessons out. I take it very seriously. Because I am, you know, I am giving these messages based upon the messages that the eternal has given me. 
you know, so to help a nation, you have to first help yourself. So feed yourself water. Feed yourself good water, the water um, of, of the water of life, living waters. And then watch your circumstances change. Hallelujah. I did want to sing a song, too. I forgot all about that. Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to go to Yah's unchanging. Watch you to go to Yah's unchanging. Why don't you build your hopes on the eternal? Want you to hold to Yah's unchanging. There is. Power in it, God's unchanging hand. There is power in God's unchanging hand. Why don't you build your hopes on the eternal? Want you to hold to God's unchanging hand. Well, there is a peace in him. Y'all's unchanging hand. There is peace in Y'all's unchanging hand. Why don't you build your hopes on the eternal? There is peace in Y'all's unchanging hand. There is love in Him. Y'all's unchanging hand. There is love in God's unchanging. Why don't you build your hopes on the eternal? There is love in God's unchanging hand. I want you to hope, hope, hope to God's unchanging hand. Want you to hope, hope, hope to. Yours unchanging hand. Why don't you build your hopes on the eternal? Why shouldn't you build your hopes on the eternal? I need you to build your hopes on the eternal. I want you to hold to yours unchanging hand. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes. Woo. Y'all better give it up. Give it up. Yes. Woo. That was good. You sounded like hallelujah. a professional. Yeah, I want to do marriages and, 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 and Bob Mistresses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, she is singing that song. Yes, unchanging hands. Okay, well, we're going to not do that. That was awesome. Told Adira, it's expression session. Who's next? I see your hand in the air, Yashana. How come that's the only hand I see in the air? Come on, give y'all the glory. Shabbat shalom. Shalom, shalom, shalom. This has been a great day. I don't know what happened. Some I got cut off. Um. 
the line dropped, yeah, but I'm back, so todaya for that. Um, I want to read Psalms 8, and if at all possible after that, um, Isaiah 66 called out to me, so I would like to read that as well, Bivakwasha. Okay, I'll start with Psalms 8. For the leader upon Giddeth, a psalm for Dawid. O Yah, our Yah, how glorious is thy name in all the earth, whose majesty is rehearsed above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou found the strength, because of thine adversaries, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I behold thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, and the stars which thou hast established, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou thinkest of him? Yet thou madest him but a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Torayah. Thou hast made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, and hast put all things under his feet, sheep and oxen, all of them. Yea, the beast of the field, the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, whatsoever passes through the paths of the sea. O Yah, our Yah, how glorious is thy name in all the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Chodayah for waking us up to know thy name today. And I will read. Isaiah 66, and it reads on as wise. Thus saith the Lord, Yah, the heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye may build unto me? And where is the place that may be my resting place? For all these things hath my hand made, and so all these things come to be, saith Yah. But on this man will I look, even on him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. He that killeth an ox is as he is if he sleweth a man. He that sacrificeth a lamb as if he broke a dog's neck. He that offereth a meal offering, as if he offered swine's blood. He that maketh a memorial offering of frankincense, as if he blessed an idol. According as they have chosen their own ways, and their soul delighteth in their abominations, even so, I will choose their mockings, and I and will bring their fears upon them. Because when I called, none did answer. When I spoke, they did not hear. But they did that which was evil in mine eyes, and showed that in which I delighted not. Hear the word of Yah. Yea, that tremble at his word. Your brethren that hate you, that cast you out for my name's sake, saith, let Yah be glorified. 
that we may gaze upon your joy. But they shall be ashamed. Hark, an uproar from the city. Hark, it cometh from the temple. Hark, the Lord rendereth recompense to his enemies. Before she travaileth, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered. She was delivered of a man child. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Is a land born in one day? Is a nation brought forth at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth? Saith Yah, shall I that cause to bring forth shut the womb, saith Elohim? Rejoice ye with Jerusalem, and be glad with her, all ye that love her. Rejoice for joy with her, all ye that mourn for her that ye may suck and be satisfied with the breast of her consolations, that ye may drink deeply with delight of the abundance of her glory. For thus saith Yah, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. And ye shall and ye shall suck thereof. Ye shall be born upon the side and shall be dandled, I think, it's not a typo, dandled upon the knees. As one whom is, as one whom his mother's comforted. So I will comfort you, Todayah. And ye shall be comforted in Jerusalem. And when ye see this, your heart shall rejoice, and your bones shall flourish like young grass. And the hand of Yah shall be known towards his servants, and he will have indignation against his enemies. For behold, Yah will come in fire, and his chariot shall be like the whirlwind, to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For, the, for by fire will Yah contend, and by his sword with all flesh. And the slain of the Lord shall be many, that they sanctify themselves and purify themselves, to, the, to go unto the gardens, behind one in the midst, eating swine's flesh, and the detestable thing and the mouse shall be consumed together, saith Yah. Ooh. For I know their works and their thoughts. The time cometh, I will gather all nations and tongues, and they shall come and shall see my glory. And I will work a sign among them. And I will send such as escape of them unto the nations to Tarshish, Paul, and Lud, 
that draw the bow, to Tubal and Javan, to the isles afar off that have not heard my name, neither have seen my glory, and they shall declare my glory among the nations, and they shall bring all your brethren out of all the nations for an offering unto Yah upon the horses and in the chariots and in the litters and upon the mules and upon swift beasts. And my holy mountain Jerusalem saith, Yah, as the children of Israel bring their offerings in a clean vessel into the house of Yah, and of them also will I take for the priest, for the Levites, saith Yah. For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, saith Yah. So shall your seed and your, and your remains. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me. Hallelujah, saith Yah. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have rebelled against me. For their worm, for their worm, Salika. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have rebelled against me. For their worm shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched. And they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith Yah. Hallelujah. Told out for the reading of Isaiah 66. I'd just like to say I wish you all a wonderful and beautiful Shabbat. As I always say, iron sharpens iron. And this is Yah's divine line, and I'm so glad to be a part of it. May each and every one of you individually, as well as collectively, have a wonderful, blessed, restorative, healing, and affirmative Shabbat day. Shabbat Shalom. Torah Rabbah. Hey, Torah. Torah for the reading. Psalms 8 as well. And my question is, what made you read Isaiah 66, and what did you get out of that? Um, I, I didn't choose 66. Um, when I picked up the Tanakh, um, um, I was in I was in another part of the house, and I heard a dealer talking, and I heard you calling out, you know, for um, people to get on and read a psalm. So I knew it was, you know, the the, the second half in which I wanted to participate. And when I picked up the Tanakh, it opened up to Isaiah 66. And um, I didn't have anything highlighted there, so I never read that. I never read it before. And um, the most I told me he wanted me to read it. And I was like, I want to read a psalm. I want to read a psalm. <laughs> so he said, you got to read psalms. I mean, Isaiah 66, too. So I just did. 
and it was very emotional, but it also confirmed a lot of what we're saying on the line today, and I'm just feeling really emotional now, and I just want you to break it down for me, sis. Help me right now, please. Toda. Please, Kokavi. Okay, way to put a sister on the spot. That was your that was your song. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay. I can share with you what comes to my mind. And I share yeah. I, I mean I was very curious. About I, I have sixty six, yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I want to help me with, please. Mm-hmm. I was I was very curious to why you read that and what made you emotional. What part of it made you emotional? What was it? That? The most high, the most high said that it's going to come a time that we're going to all have, you know, from one new moon to the next and from one Shabbat to the next that we're going to call upon his name in unification. And right now, because we're so scattered, <laughs> that seems so far off, but it, it may not be. And I'm just hoping and praying that in my time I can see that with my children and my children's children. And um, he not only says that all, he says all flesh, like the brother was saying earlier, that it's going to be a bunch of people who are not Israelites. And, and you know, to, to, to be in a place like, you know, I live in the heart of Times Square. They don't turn out the lights. And I hate that. I hate that. I mean, you know, I grew up in New York City all my life, and Times Square was always the place to be. Oh, we got to go to 40 Dues, da 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 Now I live here, and I just wish that they would turn off the lights sometimes. I don't pay the bill, but I know that my bill, Conrad, is, is, is due to them keeping the lights on all the time. That's why it's higher. But... Just to think that there will be a place that we will dwell where everybody will be observing the Shabbat, the peace, and the Ruach that will be there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is such an awesome thing. And that's the part that got me emotional, you know? So, Well, this is... um a very deep portion, that's why I ask, because in this portion, the Most High has no need for a man-made temple because his heaven and his earth is good enough for him. It was good enough for him in the beginning when he made the whole cosmos. And the reason why he filled his glory up in the sanctuary is because someone built it for him. He said, it's going to be my footstool. That earth is my footstool. And so as his throne being in heaven, you know, where is the house of the creator? In the heaven. You can't accommodate him. You can't transcend the creator into a a temple like a building. There's no place that can hold him. So the place of his rest, referring to our temple, is just a place where he comes and, you know, throws his feet up for a few. This is his uh, 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 place where he will visit those that have a contrite spirit, those who tremble at his word, those who who will think 
of the Creator when they're worshiping, the true worshipers of the Creator that come into that house, that place of of prayer for all people. The Most High said, if you have a contrite spirit and that you tremble at my word, then my spirit and my truth belongs to you. And so I will put it on you. I'll give it to you. So what Isaiah is saying that, you know, when he talk about breaking the dog's neck, referring to this pagan practice, in any case, the dog was regarded as an unclean animal, detestable scavenger that can't come into the house of the creator. That's why I was so worried. Like, I had a dream. I stepped in dog poo and then got in the bed. I'm like, I don't even own a dog. But the point is that there is no scavenger that the creator is looking for from us. He's not even looking for the the sacrifice of a bull or lamb or even grain offerings in that case, the incense and all all those things that were considered to be part of our our worship, part of our um our ways of 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 calling on the creator. But we're we're lacking that right now. As worshipers, we lack all of the offerings that are supposed to be presented to the Creator, from our sin offerings to our thanksgiving offerings. We are not in alignment. And so the best thing and the only thing that the Creator requires from us in this day and age, because we don't have those things, and besides that, He doesn't delight in our sacrifices any longer. They're literally an abomination to him. So he said, I'd rather see you with what is lacking right now, your contrite spirit. I need you to get a contrite spirit. What is a contrite spirit? Humble, considerate, thoughtful of what has gone on and what will go on. The place where you have apologized to the creator and whomever else needs to hear it. And important, more importantly, yourself. And just remind yourself that regardless of the judgments that's been called and, and placed upon you, the Most High did it. And he did it so that you can learn to delight in his way, his word, his voice, not anything or anybody else. So when he's te- teaching us through these lessons, especially when you're here in the book of Isaiah, this is the very last chapter of the book of Isaiah, more remarkable than Part of part of just the Torah itself for me, because it's telling us, giving us intense regulations, intense rules, intense hope on what to look for. So, it, if this doesn't intensify you, he said, your brethren who hated you. If these words don't intensify the opposition that's been encountered by our brethren, by people who. They don't have no love for you. They they stay up late at night waiting and and plotting and and scheming ways to keep you away from the power that will hold you up. They want you to be scared. They want the fear, but not the fear of Yah. They want the fear of everything but Yah in you. So they will do everything to oppose the say of Yah. Do everything to oppose those that are striving after righteousness. And so what this is saying is, 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 for me, it intensified as I was reading it through chapter 65. So by the time the climax, chapter 66, it's like basically let the Most High be uh, glorified. Let the Most High's representation of whatever you are, let that come out because anything else is hypocritical hypocritical to the righteousness, hypocritical to our, 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 our uh, um, worship of the creator. So 
cast out anything that is not true, true to the most high, true to the temple, true to the true worshipers, if it has anything uh, in addition to what thus saith Yah, then you cut it out. Why? Because the most high is jealous. He does not want to have to deal with you and somebody else. He wants his joy to be just for him. And you may think that that's a terrible thing, but you think about it as a parent. Think about it as a child. Would you want your parent to to overlook you and then go to the neighborhood children and give them everything? How would you feel as a parent and your child did not thank you, but they thanked every mom in the neighborhood for everything that she has done for them? This is how the creator feels. It's like I feel slighted if you're always talking about your enemies, always talking about your bad, always talking about what this one did and that one did, but never acknowledge the creator. I know that sounds like superlatives. Superlatives are those things that are um, definitive, never, always, you know, those things. I know it sounds that way. But the Most High is always looking for his glory. And if you have anything involved or convoluting or, you know, trying to take away from the creator's glory, he's going to give it to you. So what he's telling us before he break our hearts, break your own heart. Before he looks at you closely looking for your joy and doesn't find it, remember that is part of the reason why the creator said, I have taken you and taken away the shop tote, taken the holy days away, taken away all the things that are supposed to bring you joy. I take it away from you. Why? Because you didn't find any joy in it. You didn't enjoy keeping the Shabbat. So now it's such a burden for you. You didn't enjoy keeping the holy days. Now I'm making it a burden for you. So those that are really trying and, and striving after what thus saith Yah, then those are the ones I'll reveal it to. He's being very sarcastic. He's being very um, boisterous. He is um, painting the picture that he's tired. And what Isaiah is hearing is the sound of a battle cry, the noise of, of the temple being taken down, the enemies ravaging and taking and persecuting the Most High servants. This is what Isaiah is seeing with his eyes, hearing, and he's saying something is missing because if we were glorifying the creator, if we've already cast out the evil from the midst of us, then we should not be feeling this dismay, this pain, this sorrow, this hardship. You know, this portion, it brings such calamity if you let it. But if you look at it, it's going to be the calamity that disappears, and then you find the good times like labor pains. Anybody here ever gave birth to a baby? But before you gave birth, before that beloved, precious baby came out, all the pains of labor, the 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 um terrible um way your belly just contracts, it's like, oh, the world's coming to an end. But no, the world is going to start all over again when this beautiful baby comes out. So it's like us giving birth as a community of people. We are being, we've been cast out of our land. We've been put into some painful situations. But out of the painful situation, Zion is pictured as the daughter of the creator. He said, I'm going to make my, my children happy. This child is going to be like 
the happiest baby ever when they see their mother. The mother is going to be happy when they see the child. And it's going to be like after giving birth to a baby, all the drama is finished, and now you get to nurse and nourish and, and watch this baby grow. I know it all sounds like such a far thought, a far-fetched thought, but these questions are rhetorical in the ninth and 10th verses. He's introducing these small words, shall I guarantee the prophecy? You know, the Most High is finishing whatever he begins. He's not going to start something and then not finish it. So you think that he started this in the beginning of Abraham and Yitzchak and Yaakov in, in the ancient times, in the times of Egypt, and then he dropped the ball when we got here? He's still our power. He's the power that ruled over us in Babylon when we were doing things that we weren't supposed to be doing and had to be shipped off. He's still the same father, and he's sending the same type of messages to those that he cherished, his treasured ones. He said, I will comfort you. So those of you that are mothers that are crying out for your babies, he said, I'm going to comfort you. For those babies that's crying out for their fathers and that they don't have them, I will comfort you. He said, from your heart to your bones, from your mental to your physical health, I will comfort you. So I was kind of wondering why you read that chapter like you really wanted me to bring the fire. You wanted some breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, here it is. So, Let me uh, see. You, you don't even know. Iron sharpens iron. I had to I had to extend the conference because they were going to shut us down because I went part way past, far past my time that I'm usually here. But like a whirlwind, sis, you came in with this 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 um, precepting is what uh, my brother calls it. I call it a divine interaction. Hallelujah. This, these verses, these this 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 is like fire and lightning, the chariots and the storms and the clouds that's depicted in this in this um this reading is like a whirlwind. It's like how fast the creator is gonna come in and save his people. It's gonna happen so fast and make your head spin. But this divine warrior, this this fiery sword that he's using, he said it's going to be like all of you, all of the flesh that worship the creator is going to be my fiery sword. You're going to be walking in the midst of people, and you're going to spit this fiery flame, and you're going to tell them how it's supposed to sound and look. And and, and this, this particular chapter summarizes the abominable practices of those that are false worshipers. Remember what chapter 65 says. If you don't know, go back and read it. The creator is not taking no shorts. He's not sharing his glory. And whatever your work is, it should be based on and fully, fully endowed with the spirit of the Most High so that your worship, your true worship can be acknowledged because the glory of the Most High, he's not given to anybody. And in his temple, whatever the temple work is, it's going to go far beyond the temple. People see you coming, they're going to know that you are a work of the creator and you work for the creator. And you're going to be a walking miracle, a sign even. So for those of us 
that are true worshipers waiting on the judgment to fall. It has. The Most High said that you were going to escape the judgment after he put it on you. Once you feel it, you're going to get through it. And when you see who he slaughters, you're going to pinch yourself a few times and be like, I declare, I declare among all the nations, among all the Gentiles that my Yah is power throughout all the world because he's going to gather his people wherever he scattered them to. And if you survive the fire, you better liken yourself to a clean vessel and never get that dirty no more. He said, because your descendants, the ones that remain, is a guarantee of a community of our true people living together, working together, being together. He said, from one new moon to another, all the time, all flesh, everyone that decides to choose the creator. He said, I will choose you as well. I don't care what you look like. You can think that the Gentiles can't serve Yah. He said, but through all time and from earth to earth, from heaven to earth, everywhere you see a human being, they're going to serve me. He said, their worm, and to finalize this portion, uh, he said, their worm, um, it's, it's not quenched. It, it, it's depicting this, this eternal punishment, the the punishment that is, it seems like, you know, it, it is an image of, of, of the Valley of Hinnom. You know what the Valley of Hinnom is? It is that area um, in Yerushalayim where the garbage was dumped, where all the unclean corpses will decompose and be burned. He says, this worm, like, you know what a tapeworm does? It just keeps eating and eating and eating and eating and eating, eating like you're never satisfied. He said, until I get my punishment, my judgment in this earth and everybody that needs to feel it is felt, <laughs> I'm not going to be done. And that evil is going to be eradicated. You better believe it's going to go. It's going to disappear. But it's not going to just disappear, poof, be gone. It's going to be some work being done by his servants, and then the creator will do the rest. So in the meantime, let us keep focus. Let's stay on on, on our plight. What's your plight? Serve God. Keep his commandments. That's the whole duty of man. He said, keep your heart contrite. Stay humble. Take a seat. Be humble. And just don't ever forget that there is a promise and a reward for your future. He said, everybody, all humans, is going to worship me. Now, you do with it what you want to do with it. But all praise to the creator. He said, all flesh. That He didn't say all Israelites. He said, all flesh. And by his word, with all flesh. And the slain of the Most High shall be many. So if you don't think Israelites are going to die, read this again. Because the judgment is not against Israel. It's not against the world. This is against wicked people, period, with a T on the end. May the most I be magnified. I'm done now, sis. See, you didn't already. You started something. <laughs> I did not know what the most High just had me embark upon embark upon. I mean, as I told you, that is my first time reading that. And most I said I had to, and I see why, and I understand, and I'm grateful this day that he chose me to read it. 
And I'm grateful that I had you to break it down like the iron sharpens iron. King, king, get it through. I'm so happy right now. I just feel so good. I feel, I feel satisfied. I, I feel comforted. I feel hopeful. I feel rejoiced. And, and even though, like, I was just saying before, you know, being in Times Square, the lights and all of that, I'm grateful. I'm grateful even to be here with the lights and all because I'm a poet, I'm an actress, I'm an entertainer, so are my children. So we write where we need to be for whatever the most I has us to do in that field and whatever, but it's also going to be to glorify his name too, wherever he takes us. Because yesterday I was in my old neighborhood um, where we used to have the apartment in lower Manhattan. And, you know, I had my Zeeksies on, and um, a young man saw me, and he was like, excuse me, are, are, are you Jewish or Hebrew-Israelite? And I said, yes, I'm Hebrew-Israelite. He was like, oh, shalom, shalom. He was like, yeah, I got a cousin. He's Israel, but he wears the fringes all around. I said, yeah, some people wear it differently, but, you know, as long as they, you know, wear the fringes, I'm just going according to Numbers 15 where he says wear it at the four corners of your coat. But I'm, I'm glad that you were able to recognize and, you know, blessings to you. You know, he was like, yeah, have a wonderful and blessed day. I'll, I'll see you again, you know. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. But the Most High said that the things that he tells us to do will be a sign between us and him, but it will be also a sign for one to another so that we can always recognize people or our people or, you know, safety, connections. You, you, I remember hearing people online talking about they were stuck on the road and somebody saw their Zeeksies and stopped and helped them. And, you know, the most high, everything in his word cometh to pass. Nothing returns void. He's not a man that he shall lie. And even though he has anger and, you know, we, we sinned against him. We, we, we did things knowingly and unknowingly, and, and that's why we, we're trying so hard to get back. So I, I thank the Most High for just being with me and everything that cometh out of my mouth on the Shabbat day, but most importantly, the six other days, too, because that's a real test for me, you know, and coming across some people. So I ask the Most High just to continue to humble my spirit, to guide my spirit, to guide my words, and to use me for good and for light and for his divine purpose. And, and I'm thankful for the reading of his word today, but most of all, the understanding of it. And I thank you, sister, for helping me out because... I was so overwhelmed after reading the word. It's like I had to take a minute, you know. Just, it's, yeah, I tremble at his word because I fear Yah. I fear him. And I'm glad to know him, and I'm glad he knows me. So I'm going to just relinquish the mic and let somebody else get on this divine line and share their testimony and their gift and just know that I love you. I love you. I love you all, even if I can't see you especially you, sis, because, you know, the Most High has truly given you a gift. 
to, to just get up every day and do what you do. But most importantly, most importantly, keep this line running through and through. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. Mm-mm. It's not easy what you do. It's not easy what you do. It's not easy what you do. The things that happen. happen. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I love you. Keep up the good work for Yah and his people. Toda. Praise Yah. Toda Rabbah. I really appreciate that. And I, I really would like for you to read Isaiah 65 and 66 slowly. Take it apart, line by line, precept by precept, here a little, there a little, so that you can fully understand what's being said. It's the last two chapters of the book of Isaiah. That is the most prophetic man in the whole book. So okay, you okay. get your read on. Told out for the share. Okay, I will. Okay, I will. Okay. All right. Are there any other open expressions? Let me refresh the line. All right. Well, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us on this beautiful Shabbat. Uh, we need um, someone to close us out in prayer. I'm thinking of my brother if I can't get my husband. Is my brother Yamalek available? Okay, I'm going to say to Cecilia, asking that the Creator will guide my words, my heart, my mind on behalf of the family. And I pray that the Most High will bless the uh, bless the spirits of the people that have come on the line today, those that wanted to and couldn't. May the Most High bless those that are silent listeners. And may he send me a blessing also with my big mouth. Most high, most powerful, creator of all things. You created me, you created us, and you created more things. I exist in your power and you help me to understand that because you are is the reason that I am. Most high, most powerful, creator of all things. You created me, you created us, and you created more things. Has left. I exist in your power and you help me to understand that because you are is the reason that I am. Great Eternal, I'll come before you this day, this morning, this Shabbat, this afternoon, in this season, this holy season, to humbly thank you for life renewal. Thank you for protecting us as we slept last night or whatever it is that we did with our roof over our head, food on our table, clothes on our back, shoes on our feet, and your protection. We're here, yeah, another day. We thank you for... Not just the breath of life, but peace of mind, a little bit of good health and strength while we're here in the land of our captivity. In the four corners of the earth where you have scattered us, we ask that you will gather us. We ask that you would bring us near and dear to each other. Bring us near and dear to you, O Yah. As we approach you, please let our hearts be contrite so that you can accept us and be merciful and compassionate to your people. Heal us where we are broken and hurting, whether we are hurting because we literally are in pain physically or a spiritual pain, a mental illness, or we're just sad because we're mourning, 
Whatever it is, Yah, we ask for your help and your divine intervention. Continue to be with us, bless us, and keep us. Be mindful that we are but flesh and blood. We know you know. You made us. You created each and every one of us, O Yah. You know our hearts, our mind, and our spirit. Continue to bless those of our ancestors that taught us this way, whether it's by hands-on, whether they left us a little history lesson, or whether we're reading about them in our history book. We thank you for their time here and the lessons that they've left for us individually and collectively. We ask, O Most High Yah, that you help us to learn our language and apply it, learn how to eat better and apply it, learn how to be more spiritually inclined with you and with each other and apply those concepts as well. We thank you for your Torah. We thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for your beautiful people. And we ask and pray that if we've done anything offensive to you or to each other, that you would bring light to it so that we can change the behavior, fix the problem, and we apologize, oh yeah, and we are so sorry and ask for your forgiveness. All the praise, glory, and honor belong to you and you alone on this day and every day. Hallelujah. Shalom Aleichem. Shabbat Shalom, family. From my family, we bid you a most beautiful, loving, peaceful, and restorative Shabbat Shalom. Stay blessed and have a wonderful Shabbat.